Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, I have a, um, uh, an email. It's a follow-up on um, something we had talked about last week. Uh, this is from uh, Lisa D. who checked in, and it's about olive oil byproduct. Oh, right, I think, yes. I think you had asked, what what do they use? Or was it you? Right. What, what do they do with the olives after they, they the, squeeze the oil After they out, squeeze all the oil out of it, what do they do with the olives? And uh, Lisa said, I heard your podcast from May 1st, and you were discussing olive oil. I work for an olive oil importer. Ah. Our olive oil producer in Italy uses the waste olive meat in bruschettas. Oh, I love bruschettas. And the olive pits are ground up and used for fuel for the manufacturing process. And apparently, she says, nothing ever gets wasted from so that. I was wrong. I had assumed they were used in marbles. That's correct. Yeah, but for some reason, it made no no sense. But that, yeah. that's cool. Well, I I love that, yep. and I love bruschetta. I do too. So that's what they use that for. Just thought I'd let you know. Well, we need to know. We we impart sometimes, and I know it's hard to believe, but occasionally inaccurate information is imparted <laughs> yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a big fan of tomatoes at all. But man, do I love bruschetta! Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. That should be your the yeah. name of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like uh, olives, but I like olive oil. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't like sweet potatoes, but I like sweet potato fries. Okay. My little brother hates mayonnaise and fish, loves tuna fish and mayonnaise. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. Now that's weird. That's weird, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He he hates both mayonnaise and And fish, fish. but tuna salad. Yeah. He's on board. Loves it. Wow. Okay. I love grapes, despise raisins. Okay. Don't love Costello and Abbott, but I love Abbott and Costello. Okay. (laughs) Should we open up the phones on this? Because <laughs> we're going somewhere with this. I'm trying to think of where yeah. what, what I clearly do not like, but when you put them together, it becomes something uh, you do sodomy and terrorism. Uh, no, I don't no. like either of those, to be honest. So they taste great together. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. I mean, like t- tomato sauce. I love tomato sauce, but like I just the don't, tomatoes. The tomatoes. Yeah. Just don't really care for it's, it. It's weird how, and we talked about this, and, and sometimes it's it's a case of texture, and sometimes it, it's what, it's just the configuration. That's all it takes is reconfiguring it, and then you love it. I, but in its raw component parts, yep. sometimes it just sucks. Like apples, don't like apple pie. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> I love cheese. Uh, and apple I love pie cake. is one of my favorites. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I like everything except for the apples in the apple pie. You just like to eat the crust? <laughs> yeah, like the crust in that little syrup stuff. Yes, can I have a crust and syrup pie, please? <laughs> so, are you... <laughs> Come again, son? So, uh, what? so, is it the texture of the apples because they've been softened a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what right. it so is. So, texture might be a big thing for you. Texture is a big thing for my wife. She will, uh, she doesn't mind mushroom-flavored uh, dishes, <laughs> but the actual mushrooms... She can't stand because they're kind of. They, I guess they feel kind of slimy to her. You know, I used to be that way. I, I've come around, which is actually, I think, I actually used to love avocados and and had no problem. And then I went moved into a texture repulsion stage, and I'm in that currently. Yet I do love the taste of avocados. But what about guac? Gua- guacamole, no, they perfect example. Yeah, right. love guacamole huh. and couldn't eat couldn't eat raw avocado. This person texted in, "I hate avocado, but love marshmallows." That doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. at yeah. all. Go hand in hand. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, here you go. I only like carrots in beef stew. <laughs> oh, here's right. one. Hate onions, love onion rings. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I don't like. Onions um, are such a pain in the ass to eat. Yeah. I don't like uh, raw cauliflower or broccoli, but I love them cooked. Okay. Ooh. All right. So I don't like raw cauliflower, but I love hummers. Yeah. Ah. Well, this this text just says buttholes and vaginas. So I don't know whether oh, they right. like them or dislike from them. from Nabisco. They have not actually um, indicated. It says don't like cream cheese, but absolutely love cheesecake. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, love corned beef Rubens. Hate all the ingredients separately. I, w- I, okay. might be on, I might be on board for that because I don't. You know, uh, so there are sauerkrauts in a Reuben, is it not? Yep. So you don't like sauerkraut? I'm not a massive sauerkraut fan. Do you like corned beef? Not particularly. How about, uh, uh, well, it's either Russian dressing or you can have uh, Thousand Island dressing. Do you like either of those? Eh. So, so the elements... Rye bread? Yeah, okay, I'm down with rye like bread. bread. Okay. So, so one of the but but most of the elements in that sandwich, I should not like it at all when it's all brought together, and yet I do like it. Okay, and therein lies the mystery of life. Um, it's kind of how I feel like I, like broccoli, Rob, and I don't really care for or I don't like your bro- friend Rob Broccoli. <laughs> uh, um, Chuck has a friend named Chris Broccoli, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fun fact. How <laughs> All right, so I don't really care for broccoli, Rob, and I don't really care for sharp cheese. However, but blunt cheese you love. If you put broccoli, Rob, and sharp cheddar on like a roast pork sandwich, yeah, I can do it. Uh, I don't care for broccoli, Rob, either. It's it's too bitter. You yeah. know, you know uh, what it I tastes hate? different than regular broccoli. I hate broccolini. Oh, really? It's, Little bitty broccoli? It's too well. It, itty bitty. What is the stringy version? <laughs> the really stringy. That's broccoli, Rob. Yeah. Is, yeah. that, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Then I don't like broccoli, Rob. No. I, I don't need to floss while I'm eating broccoli. <laughs> no, no. It, that can get stuck <laughs> yeah. in your teeth. Uh, let me go to, I'll go to Dave. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, gang. Hey, All what's right, up, Rob. Dave? Dave! <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I, I cannot stand beets. Okay. They, they make me beets. gag. Okay. The beet vegetable potato chip. I love. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those you know, are I'll, good. I'll tell you something else there, if I may, Dave. It's got to be a texture thing. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of beets either. However, they use beets in the Impossible Burger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it adds a really good taste, and it gives it that, that color. I love beets. I've been eating them a lot lately. Beets really? are very good for you. They're actually, good fiber. And Absolutely. Because I poop like a mad dog when I eat those. Things. Have you ever had just like a, a raw beet? <laughs> and it's red. <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me back up because if if you eat beets and you forget about it and later on you go to the bathroom, oh, yeah. you think you're pissing blood. Oh my god! And I I the other day I had beets for dinner and I kid you not, within less than thirty minutes I went to the bathroom and it already had like a rosé type of color to it. Calgon, mm. mm. take me away. Mm. Uh, what were you going to say, Marissa? So I had for a while had only had beets like out of the can, like the. How would you? Can beets? You'd call them canned beets. Pickled beets. Oh. Yeah, but if oh, you pickled. have them like uh, raw, roasted, yeah. really, really good. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that's the way we I hate, to have them. I, I hate, hate them the uh, texture of coconut, uh, but there are some coconut flavored things that I can uh, stomach, like uh, shrimp. I'm fine coconut. with that. Shut up! Mm-hmm. I thought you just hated. I just thought you despised it all the way around. No, there are parts of it that I'm. Uh, I can uh, tolerate coconut milk, <laughs> coconut cream pie, coconut soup, coconut. I hate coconut. Coconut water might be the worst invention of yeah. mankind. It's By the pretty, way, it's pretty lame. It's also calorically, people. Oh, it's so good. It's natural, and it comes out of a <laughs> coconut. It's you, it, it's it's nature's Zagnut bar. It's high in calories, and it, it it's not it's not all that good for you. Yeah. 
Casey's looking for the coconut. <laughs> How do you spell coconut C-O-C-O. again? C-O-C-O. Yeah, right? Right. Uh, maybe it's under Looney Tunes. Okay. Mm, yeah. Let me go to some other calls. I'm going to go to, uh, is this Carol? This is Carol. Hi, Carol. Hey, what's guys. up? I, uh, hey, guys. Hey. hey. So, <laughs> I um, can eat peanuts, uh, honey roasted, any kind of peanuts. Cannot stomach even the smell of peanut butter if you open a jar. Wow. I love peanut butter. <gasps> I love peanut What? Can't. It, what 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 is it? Is it is it too sweet for you? No, I never even tasted it. It's the smell. Um, never had it growing up. My mom never liked it, so I never had it. And the first time I opened a jar for my dad, I was probably close to twenty, and the smell totally like scared me out. And it's like wow. imprinted now. <laughs> Something's wrong with you, daughter. <laughs> open me a jar of peanut butter. Mm. No, but I can eat peanuts. Um, okay. Wrong, you know the shelves kind, or you know. Okay. With, like, I love bu- I love peanuts and I love peanut butter. Interesting. But... Thanks, Carol. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should try. Well, no, it wouldn't work. I would say try chunky peanut butter. I used to love chunky peanut butter. I don't really care for it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it like used to be treat. my favorite. It's like a treat. Yeah. Like a little I, dessert. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a little <laughs> dessert, but like I'm you know pretty steady uh, creamy cheese uh, cheese <laughs> creamy <laughs> peanut butter. But every now and then. Get a you little chunk dance with the devil. I will. I will. By the way, why I don't did... you toss some chunks in that? I found your coconut stuff. Mm, toss coconut salad, fresh <laughs> coconut milk, <laughs> New England boiled coconut. Do I hate coconut? <laughs> don't like... somebody Sam is right. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't like clams necessarily, but I do like clam chowder. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about on a pasta? No, no. Uh, like no, a, I won't do it. Like a bongoli? No. I'm no. going to go to Ashley. Hang on, Ashley. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. First hey. time, long time. Oh well, it took this dumb topic to get you to call in. Yeah. What's up, <laughs> Ashley? <laughs> um, I hate cold cheese. Like I'll take it off of hoagies, yeah. sandwiches. But I love cheese on pizza, mozzarella sticks, quesadillas. Yeah, there's a couple of tags coming in. Says love pizza, or I'm sorry, I hate cheese. Love pizza. It's like huh. my daughter. Yep. Yeah, that's what they used to chant in the '60s. Yeah, <laughs> love cheese, hate pizza, pizza. love. Yeah. No other way. Other way, right? right? Love cold pizza. cheese, hate cold cheese, <laughs> love hate cheese, pizza. love pizza. <laughs> They weren't very organized. Yeah, they no, quite that's why it all fell apart. Listen, they were doing acid. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, all right, well, thanks, let's remind everybody that you hate the cold cheese and you love the pizza. <laughs> all right, on three. It's Woodstock. They couldn't get it together. Hey, maybe if we chant loud enough, there'll never be cold cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Let me go to Derek. Uh, hi, Derek. Hey, guys. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all good. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Listen, chocolate, not on my favorite things list, unless there's at least crackle in it. Yeah, I can't hear you on that. I, I, I love this is at least chocolate. a crackle at in least. it. Is that at least a crackle in that goddamn thing? <laughs> Do you mean like nuts? <laughs> give me some. Give me some Twix. Give me some... Anything. Something in there with a snap in it. Okay. There you go. Exactly. I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I can't eat just like a regular Hershey bar, but a Hershey with almond? No doubt. Okay. But every bite has to have an almond in it. I, uh, you know where I stand on that. I know. There's just (laughs) nothing that, there's absolutely the most wonderful thing on earth. Uh, But, but uh, additions to it, uh, my current um, fixation is 
dark chocolates with uh, blueberries inside. And you got me stuck yeah, the on Henry the Harry, 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 and Harry and David. Yep. Henry and David. Wait a minute. Here's, here's an interesting. <laughs> Adam and Eve. <laughs> this says, love cannoli, uh, believe pre-filled cannoli are an abomination, and those who buy them should die. <laughs> okay. Wow. So I, what is the what cannoli? Not supposed, what, do they not like them with the filling in them at all? I think that it's the, the process of, like, if you were to buy a cannoli that was, um, you know, that it was pre-made in a store as opposed to going to a pastry shop in South Philly where they're filling in the cannoli every day. Well, oh, that's just, is the come ca- on, it's when being you, snobby. Yeah. When you say the cannoli, it, are you referring to the shell? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I don't know. Because I do like the cannoli shell. However, I, I, a well-made... The, the whatever the cannoli sauce or whatever the hell it is inside. Yeah, right. I love that. The filling. Here's here's more of the conundrum. Loves oranges, hates orange juice. Okay. Ooh. So that's kind of weird. You know what? But it's just, you know, it's a matter of, of, of your own personal texture and taste. And the way that. it's prepared. Uh, yeah. The, the bizarre. It's, it's not many steps away from what you don't like and suddenly you like it. I yeah. don't like a really pulpy orange juice, but I do care for a... Nice, ooh, like a freshly squeezed orange juice. Right. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, Let me go to... uh, Put me on that list, Mr. Man. (laughs) Omar. Hi, Omar. You're on the air. Hey, bitches. Hey, Hey, what's up, Omar? Hey, so maybe it's just me, but uh, warm pickles or hot pickles on like a sandwich, like a burger. I can't stand that for whatever reason, but yet if it's by itself from a jar, I can eat that all day. Hmm. Like my kids in water, right? Their water has to be like cold. They can't the pickle water. No, no, no. Just water in general. Oh. Like it, it's a temperature thing for them. So, like for me, I just if it's wet, I'm cool with it, you know. But like they, it needs to be for for my kids. It has to. So when they like make their thermoses for sporting events, they gotta like throw, hey. I, they gotta throw ice in there just to make sure it's cold. When I they, like my they, children <laughs> warmed up. <laughs> yes, you do. No, we no. Actually, so, so believe it or not, we leave all of our soda and and Gatorade and things like that all unrefrigerated. Well, and my kids drink it that way. I'm coming to your house. Isn't that wild? Because I, I agree with all that. I, I don't, um, my water is always room temperature. Uh, I don't like, I don't like ultra cold drinks. Yeah, soda I, I, has I, to be cold. Everything else. Gatorade can, can, can be warm. Yeah. Um, uh, iced tea can be warm. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I, if it's I even heat up my ice cubes. I couldn't tell you the last time that I've actually drank soda that didn't have booze in it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just, I quit on yeah. soda a long time ago. Soda to me now, years and years ago, it used to be as a kid, oh, I've I'm, I'm, I always had soda. Now it's, it's like, to me, it's like a dessert. When I have a glass of Coke or Pepsi, it's right. to me it's so sweet. Will you guys drink, I treat it as a dessert. Will you drink just club soda by any chance? No. No? Okay. Um that's kinda Seltzer. what I unless I'm a member of the club. Yeah. No, that's what I pretty much drink now. Yeah. I drink carbonated essentially it's carbonated water. Mm-hmm. I'll drink uh, <clears throat> uh what is that? The La, La Croix? No, well, yeah, we do have those. Vajumic. But it's got the next next to nothing as far as flavor yep. in it goes. But yep. I've trained myself to to drink that. Some of those sodas have the zero-calorie sodas that are flavored. Mm-hmm. I still, there must be some sort of pact made with the devil to get them completely. Yeah, I never liked it, but the soda stream, we got them a few months ago, and it's. Yeah. You're good? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to Chris. Hi, Chris, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, Chris? I hate sour cream, but I love sour cream and onions. Okay, sour cream and onion, potato chips or dip? Yes, as a dip. Okay, all right. So I, get the, I get the 16 ounce sour cream and the, the French onion soup, mix it together. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's the standard, and it's it's glorious. Okay. I, I've said many times, uh, and it's much to my um, 
Uh, embarrassment. Uh, I have made entire meals out of chips and and uh, onion dip. So, Chris, it, it just so if you put sour cream on a potato, no dice, right? Okay, interesting. <laughs> All right, thanks, I'm surprised you'll actually even mix it then. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, sour cream, if you don't like it, it's icky. Uh-huh. I wonder if you did, because I, I never thought of this until right now, like a baked potato with that sour cream with the French onion dip mixed yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Good. Is it good? It is. Let me go to Eric. Eric, you're on the air. Good morning. You guys rock. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. What's up? All right, here you go. I hate regular, normal-sized tomatoes, but I will eat the hell out of a little pack of cherry tomatoes or cherry tomatoes in a salad. I hate cherry Interesting. Interesting. Did they, did they taste different to you? They, they taste different, and the consistency is different. I don't like the slimy, gooey, like, like if I eat an apple, like, I can stand a little soft spot in the apple, but you give me, George Carlin said it best, I can't eat anything that doesn't look like it's done inside. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Eric, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we had uh, tacos at the All house. Right. And when you cut up tomatoes for that, that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to de-seed the tomato first so you don't have all that mushy really? center. You know, the seeds are all, they're, they're kind of slimy mm-hmm. uh, inside there. So you, you clean all that out and it makes for easier to use uh, tomatoes. And I know what he's talking about. It doesn't bother me personally, but I could see if somebody doesn't like that consistency, yeah. it would feel disgusting in your mouth. Yeah, see, I can't do cherry tomatoes at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, other tomatoes, if it's like diced up, like bruschetta and stuff like that, I can do that. I can do it like a tomato mozzarella salad. I can do that okay. But the cherry tomatoes, though, with the smaller tomatoes, to me, the, the, the sensation is always as if the cher- as if the tomato's finishing in your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You do get a squirt. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. You should have warned me. By mm-hmm. the way, the internet taught me last week that they're, you know, like uh, like green peppers, that there are male and female green peppers. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, and I so hope the, the internet the wasn't one, lying to me. The they're male and female. Yeah. may have been lying to you. I, I don't know. Which that, one has right. the penis? So when you look at the bottom of a green <laughs> the pepper. female, you know, <laughs> that doesn't sound legit to of me. Of course, in the vegetable world, they do it a... Right. Completely the wrong way. The bottom of the green pepper, there are green peppers that have like four little nubs on the bottom, and then green peppers that have three little nubs. And the three little, I think, uh, I don't know which one is which. Uh, three nubs, Marissa? Three nubs is male. Okay. Four nubs is female. No and then kidding. one of them has seeds and one of them doesn't. Full, uh, female peppers full of seeds. are full of seeds and sweeter. Isn't that a Bob Marley song, Three Little Nubs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the peppers? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I, think, home. I might think of something else. Uh, let me see. There was another one I wanted to go to. Uh, yeah, let me let me go to Amanda because yeah. this is interesting. Hi, Amanda. Good morning. Hi. Hi. So, what do you what do you love and hate, and you shouldn't because they're pretty much the same thing. So I can eat angel hair pasta anytime, and I hate regular spaghetti. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and it's just one for see. I love angel hair pasta, but I cannot eat regular hair. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> I find it's disgusting. Well, I mean, so that you love steak fries, Steve. I don't care for steak fries. I love it's steak. the same exact I, thing. I, but, but what you have, though, is you have when you take a mouthful of the steak fry, it's more potato-y. Right. Where my right. wife loves shoestring fries, yeah. but does not like... That's more well, there's crusty. more surface area on that is, is fried. Kind right. Of. There's, you're, you're mainly just getting the, the, the cooked part. Right. The harder cooked part, anyway. Or the fried part of it, as opposed to the internal, you know, kind of steamed on the in the middle there. I know what you're talking about. By the way, Marissa, you you 
Do you concur with this uh, pasta thing? No, I think it's okay. insane, but I want to oh. know, Amanda. <laughs> no, I think you're a raving lunatic, <laughs> but I just wanted to say. <laughs> Amanda, so you, all, you won't eat spaghetti, but will you eat, like, noodles, like rigatoni or something like that? Yeah, I love all pastas, but spaghetti is, like, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's, like... The thickness of the noodle itself, or yeah, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> now that you're mentioning it, thank you, Amanda. By the way, my daughter will eat all kinds of pasta, except for bow tie pasta. Oh. Mm, I, I like bow tie farfali. pasta. Yeah, At the moment, where, what is the technical term? Farfali. Farfali. Where, where it's, it's squished together in the middle. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think sometimes that remains a little more al dente than the rest of the, yeah. the pasta. Okay. So maybe when she bites into it, the consistency, it's a little bit tougher than the rest of it. And maybe she doesn't like it for that reason. By the way, what is... Is it simply a design issue with a lot of the pasta, or yeah. are, are yeah. there? There's... Yeah, but here's the thing: is they will cook up differently. Okay, uh, and they're also used. Okay, so and and I've forgotten the the names of my pasta, but uh, fusilli is that the the curly Q one? Yes. Yep. Okay, so you you can use that for like meat sauces. What'll happen is that little curly Q will catch some of the pieces of meat and trap it in there, so you get oh. a little bit of a different taste out of. Say like a um, I don't know a penne or something mm-hmm. like that, which won't hold on to it as well. So there's so, f- so there's a reasoning behind some of those pasta it. shapes. Yeah, one of my favorite dishes was a place that and they had tri-colored fusilli. So mm-hmm. I guess it was different, but but it was it was a delicious dish and 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 eat, I guess the fusilli was made with different. I don't know who the hell knows. Maybe they just spray painted it. <laughs> <laughs> you can use different types of flowers. Oh, salad, maybe that's it. Right. I'm not a chef. I was acting like I'm a chef. I'll throw my crazy cards on the table. I will spend like 20 minutes in the pasta aisle picking the perfect pasta. Yeah. Depending upon what I'm going to put in it, if it's macaroni and cheese, making the using the right noodles for that. Do you cook a lot? I do. Do you really? Yeah. So for some reason, I didn't think you did since you're out so much. Yeah, I just prefer to go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cooked last night. What'd you cook? Uh, I made little mini pizzas because I had hamburger rolls left over from my tailgate. Wow. <laughs> Very yeah. chewy, a little. And I made a cilantro. Martha Stewart. And arugula pesto. I was, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty What's good. arugula? It's, <laughs> it's a, a vegetable. Thank you. <laughs> What's that from? Uh, my blue, my blue heaven. heaven. Oh. Uh, okay, interesting. Well, we got to wrap it up, but uh, this was a totally... Unintended conversation. We were going to go somewhere else, and we'll get to that when we come back, actually. But uh, that is interesting. How did we get started on this? We were talking Who about began? God. <laughs> no, oh, bruschetta. Uh, is that, yeah, because yeah. you olive, said. I don't care. It was the olive the email olive that we thing, got, yeah. and you, would, you don't care for tomatoes. But yet. I love bruschetta. Love bruschetta. And then I came out. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. And congratulations on that. How do you feel? Yep. We are going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, it's Preston. Thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. The Preston and Steve Show is headed back to Jack Frost on March 6th for the 14th Annual Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com for all you need to know and to pick up discount lift tickets while supplies last. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Caddyshack came out in 1980, and I was just doing the math on my hands here, and I'm like, that was almost 40 years ago. Yeah. I'm like... That's not possible, you know, <laughs> because it seems it seems timeless. It does, uh, and so much it's of absolute. what our next guest has done is that you know, for the work he's done, it brings enjoyment on so many levels throughout the year, and we constantly reference mm-hmm. his movies. Have been for, always for almost 40 years. 40 years, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the Borgata 
will be presenting Chevy Chase Presents Caddyshack. And ladies and gentlemen, to talk about it, we have Chevy Chase. Yeah. And welcome him to the show. Good morning, Chevy. Good morning. Hey, so we were just... You and know, thank you for that reception. Oh, yeah. certainly, sir. Uh, so we were just, Good you know... morning. <laughs> we were just talking about the... The length of time and how timeless this particular film is, how fresh in your mind is Caddyshack all these years later? Because you've done so much work since then. Oh, you know, it's not, a, it's not an easy one to forget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, there were so many elements that meant a great deal to me. One was working with Harold Ramis and uh, Brian Doyle Murray uh, with the writing of it. And then the rewriting and rewriting. And uh, another was having Harold direct it. Uh, he was w- wonderful, and it, it made a big difference. And also the actors. I mean, look at Ted Knight was remarkable uh, to, to hold on to a character like that all the way through uh, when everybody else was going nuts. <laughs> you know, just brilliant. Um and Rodney, uh, Rodney had no idea what he was doing anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the word, and and, and it, I I assume you can validate and verify that is that he was he was actually coming from stand up was was nervous about being on a set, not getting that immediate feedback, and and everyone was sort of saying no, no, it's it, it's working, but he was he was very unsure of how it was progressing. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> you have no idea. I, I, I never, I never really trusted myself to ask Rodney such a question. Yeah, <laughs> but is it progressing or isn't it? Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I guess he was nervous, and and given his uh, enemy, uh, played by Ted, uh, you know, uh, it was a worthwhile invest investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was Harold Ramis's directorial debut, correct? That was the first time he'd ever. I think he referred to it as a as a six million dollar film directing course or whatever the, the budget for the movie was, and uh, and it was just yeah. And the original focus was more actually on the caddies itself, the caddies themselves, I should say, because Brian Doyle Murray had been a uh, a, a caddy, and yeah. and yet it, and so Ed Bill. Oh, as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and then it, and then it, it shifted. Um, so this was this was the sort of there was a, a big anticipation because this was the the crew with uh, with uh, Doug Kenny after Animal House. So do you, any recol- is there one particular recollection that stands out and cuts through all these years that that immediately comes to mind when you think of Caddyshack? Well, uh, Doug Kenny. Uh, yeah. He he was the producer, uh, one of a couple. And, um, uh, you know, uh, there was a time when we were promoting the movie after having shot it. Uh, at, we were at Dangerfields, at the club that uh, Rodney had. And um, <clears throat> it was, a, you know, a late morning, and we were uh, all the cast there was being asked, uh, you know, questions and answers, et cetera. And um, uh, I noticed Doug was uh, at a table uh, sort of at the end of the room, but not very far, about 20 feet. But um, he had his head, uh, you know how you fold your arms on the table and then put your head down? Right. 
like here in class. <laughs> right. And I, I, he could be sleeping or he could be doing his homework, you know. <laughs> All right. In any case, um, that was Doug. And I felt strongly that this is one of the uh, greatest uh, inventors in the world with with the, the National Lampoon. And uh, that, that was an incredible uh, achievement. And, and here he was um, down on himself. So I then... T- chalked that up to, uh, uh, you know, angst and right. uh, maybe drugs. I didn't know. But um, um, it, 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 he uh, and I, I took him to Hawaii where I banged him. That, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of a story I've not heard. But no. I'm sorry about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it's, it's long been known. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, heavy chase, man. Uh, that he had... Anyway, I took him there. Uh, yeah, go ahead. In, in an effort to straighten him out, and me too. Yeah. But uh, So we went to a big, beautiful hotel in, uh, Lahaina, I guess it was Lahaina? Or... Yeah, sure, that's on Maui, yeah. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, we, we were stayed there and played endless tennis and, uh, you know, try to get it all in. <laughs> it's just uh, really look at the bright side of the life as opposed to the dark. And, uh, you know, a funny thing happened. Um, I don't know how funny it is, but, you know, we, we had uh, rooms ac- across from each other uh, way up in the, I don't know what floor, 18th. Whatever. The point is that uh, we were uh, like, um, what's his name in Friends, uh, across the hall. Oh, uh, Chandler and Ross and uh, Joey. Joey. Joey, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I at one point uh, said, okay, I'll be there in a minute. And um, I took my boots off and put them right at the edge of the terrace looking down and 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 then i i, I went ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. and he and he, he he knew it was a joke <laughs> on the other hand uh he committed suicide yeah and left his shoes right at the edge and his glasses no way oh the God. edge of the yeah, you know, you know, it's uh, uh, Chevy. Is that over the years? I mean, from the beginning, I remember, you know, as a fan of the Nash Lampoon and the Nash Lampoon Radio Hour when I discovered oh, that. Yeah. Oh my God, loved it. You... Michael Donahue was the producer of that, and of course, one of the greatest writers we'll, we'll ever have had. Uh, he, he also we got him on SNL, and uh, he was a great writer. Uh, but he uh, he was. He was tough too. He, was he? he, he yeah, in, in the sense that he he knew if it wasn't funny, and uh, that was that. And, uh, no, he he was a brilliant mind, and uh, I loved him. He he, he died uh, like at fifty seven or something. I mean, very young, um, but he'd been uh, accustomed to having uh, uh, what do you call it headaches, Not, but um, the worst kind, like migraines. migraines yeah. Yeah, and uh, apparently he he woke up in the night, and he and Cheryl were living together, and he said, um, oh, my, blank, 
I'm not even going to say it, but uh, he had a terrible headache. And shortly after, he just passed away. Mm. He was one. Of, so with with that collective, with that group, and, I, and you guys, you guys, and 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 women as well, with uh, Ann Beats and and uh, Gilda Radner, you 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 brought in this 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 change in comedy. I think you know there were people before that that I thought were uh, Ernie Kovacs, for example, would be one where you know they were just like changing things dramatically and and um and you know Kovacs that, that, that's a when I won um uh, uh, some Emmys for the show uh you know I I, I thank Ernie Kovacs <laughs> in front of the yeah, a lot of people are not familiar, but I mean, he, he took a lot of it. In, he, he was very inventive, and you guys were doing things. I remember that that radio, which I mean, Nash Lampoon obviously was was uh, everyone moved over to SNL and created that. You created the Weekend Update, but all of that stuff. All could you sense at that time that this this shift in comedy was taking place? Because also, Preston, you remember movies like The Groove Tube and sure. stuff. The, the, yeah, I, I'd have to say uh, that was my big. Uh, experience up to then uh, was that I'd been doing for about four or five years uh, a groove tube and uh, and and the boob tube and all you know all those uh, uh, you know with Ken Shapiro right and the guys uh, and uh, so I really had a good sense of how to play to the television because that's what we did we, you went to a theater and you saw a television you can't see at home. You pay two fifty, and <laughs> very funny television. Well, you you were you were doing you were you were there was now a bulk of pop culture to lampoon, and you guys were were doing it, and um, and then it was it was off and running. Um, when when you got SNL, and in those those first formative years, um, you know, and then obviously you you were the the breakout star. Did you were you able to sense the sort of tectonic shift, or did you? Did it come to you later? I mean, was it almost immediate? What was your What was your takeaway from your initial experience with SNL? What kind of shift was that? <laughs> <A tectonic>. Tectonic. Tectonic. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, gin and tonic. A gin. And, <laughs> let's call it a gin and tonic shift. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the fact is, uh, I, I guess I sensed it, but uh, how could I not? Sense something when I when I had just gone as a uh, maybe a head writer at first at, at, on SNL, right, and uh, and moved from that to being a big star. I mean, that's uh, not something I expected, and uh, even and, but I've certainly made use of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I really, yeah. Chevy. I really enjoyed uh, a futile and stupid gesture, which was on Netflix uh, a year or so ago, and it was Will Forte starred as uh, Kenny and um, Joel McHale portrayed you. And I know you and Joel have uh, worked together a lot over the years. Did you see it? And what did you think of his performance as you? Well, uh, it didn't move me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess I didn't like the idea that you know I'm actually taller than Will Forte. Will. Is that his name? Yeah, Will. Will was playing Doug Kenny, and uh, yeah, and Joel was playing you. Oh wait, uh, Will Forte. Uh, <laughs> right, it's a different Will. I was thinking of another guy. Will Ferrell. Yeah, never like him. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, it, it's just exhausting to have to answer questions about this guy who got twenty-four million a picture, uh, and and wasn't funny. Wow, what the hell? Right, but, but but back to Joel McHale. 
Did you but do- Joel um, right. called me and asked if it would be okay with me if he played me. Oh. I said, let me explain something, Joel. Uh, you don't have to call anybody <laughs> when, when you're an actor. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Uh, so he, he did it. Uh, I mean, in any case, uh, it wasn't particularly fulfilling. You know, uh, it- that particular thing. Okay. Uh, Chevy, I had read, and I don't know if, if there's truth to it or not, that there uh, might be another Fletch film in the works. Is that rumor? Is that true? And if so, are you involved? Uh, yeah. Uh, there might be. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, I, I can't say for a fact that there will be, although it's a very good idea to, to me. I, I love the idea of doing another Fletch, because in fact, Fletch was just me, you know, right. winging it, and uh, uh, that, so that good, made it so so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious about you know looking at, uh, at at the film Caddyshack, which if you're just tuning in, Chevy Chase is going to be uh, presenting uh, the film at the Borgata, and I would rank. Uh, I was trying to t- in my mind rank films because we live in a day and age of. Remakes and reboots. There's a lot of that that's been going. A lot of old uh, ideas are being rehashed with the same characters, the whole thing. But I see movies we've been talking about. Animal House, Caddyshack, and the Mel Brooks films, I think, are untouchables. I think that I just don't see Yeah, you can't really uh, remake Mel. I mean, that's... Yeah. uh, He he is his own man, and he... A very funny man. uh, Extremely funny. And it was... uh, uh, I likened him to uh, to me too in a certain way. Uh, like we just said, whatever came to our minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, watching, well, he's a funny guy, you know. Watching uh, outtakes from some of the Mel Brooks films, I had no idea how much of that was spur of the moment improv, just trying stuff out. And it seems like you guys were having fun with that on Candy yeah, Shack as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's again, you you have it. You know. Bill uh, and I had that scene in the caddy shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there, it wasn't written. Yeah. Nobody. It, it says uh, Harold and Doug Kenny <coughs> said, uh, "You know, we got to have a scene with those two because it was we were good and uh, and uh, we wanted to do that. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, at least I, I think Bill did. Anyway, I'm uh, just kidding." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who took who took the lead in those improvs? Was it? Uh, I'm going to start well, this. It, and you follow me. I mean, here it was uh, basically. I have to say, um, Harold in the sense okay. that you know he he directed it and he put it together, and uh, we, Bill and I improvised a great deal in that. Uh, Pond would be good for you. you yeah. know, that kind of. <laughs> it just came out. It's great, uh, and and that line is is used all these years later by people like myself all the time. It's such a quoted movie, yeah. and it still remains. You know, outside of the realm of people who who, who are uh, uh, golf aficionados, it just transcends everything. And and those, uh, you know, even I think people who have not even seen the movie can quote lines yeah. from it because it's just becomes. <laughs> Part of the pop culture. If you have seen the movie and you golf, you have never played around the golf without saying <laughs> a line from the movie. It's yeah. it's virtually oh, yeah. impossible. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a golfer, so I wouldn't know. But, <laughs> well, how how I just know that I'm very bad at it. I play with Bill once in a while, and he's already at the ninth 
<laughs> tea, you know, when I'm, on, uh, I'm working on two. Yeah. So, you know, this is a nice seeing you, Bill. So, Chevy, well, <laughs> what, what can people expect when they uh, when they come out to, uh, to see, see the screening at the Borgata? I think this is for many. This is going to be a, a great opportunity. Uh, what, what do you what do you plan on doing? How is the evening going to proceed? Um. Well, first, uh, first, I'm going to get paid. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably a good idea. It's it. probably a good idea. <laughs> All right, bye. I'm just kidding. I'm, You're half kidding. Uh, <laughs> first, I'm going to get paid. No, um, it should be fun because I've done it before uh, recently, and I'm going to do it for this whole year. I'm going to go places and talk. And uh, have fun. And uh, here <clears throat> we're going to show the picture Caddyshack. Yeah. Which we did in Rochester and in Denver and other places. And uh, then I'll be available to answer questions and and. Uh, and to lie. <laughs> and, and to lie. Well, it, it, listen, it's, it's a home run for many people who are just massively uh, committed to this movie. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great know, opportunity. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I really had forgotten, but, you know, I stepped on that stage recently at, a, I guess it was Denver, but the place just went wild. Of course. Standing ovation. Like, you know, really, I'm, <laughs> I'm not Marlon Brando. But, uh, you know, it was... Uh, Remarkable to me that, that people were still reacting that way. <clears throat> Loved it, uh, Chevy. With the with the improv, one one of the scenes that I do love in the film, and I was always fascinated that, of your ability to be able to do it with your mouth. Is the na 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 na? That's what she said. Right, right. I'm sure. Right. And it was so weird when you were doing that. Was that an idea of yours? I was yeah, hoping you I would do, do that it. every morning. <laughs> <laughs> but did, is that something you brushing? <laughs> is, is that something you did around the set? And Ramus was like, "We should put that in somewhere." No, uh, okay. it happened. Uh, uh, the scene was uh, written for uh, Ty Webb to be um, pretty cool and, uh, as a golfer, and uh, and also not care a lot. Okay, and. And uh, when it st- when the scene started, and I was taking these odd shots, yeah. I decided I'd get down on my belly and do it like a pool thing. You know, yeah. That that uh, concept was like Steve, what's his name? And uh, in, in the, the six million dollars, Steve Austin. Yeah. Oh, with his eye. Thinking about, I was thinking about how idiotic that thing is. <laughs> it you know, was. had a shot of Steve Austin running in slow motion, and he's he's just running. That's all. Behind it is na 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 na. Oh, he must be going much faster. <laughs> oh, that's you're exactly fun. right. It wow. was to to pick someone running incredibly fast. They had them running incredibly slowly. Uh, yeah, th- uh, that's that's hilarious. Uh, I what, wanted. What was that about the money? <laughs> You're getting paid, man. You're getting paid. He heard six million. I wanted to bring up your movie, the which is I saw the trailer last night on Netflix for The Last Laugh um, with Richard Dreyfus. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us about that. No, <laughs> you refuse to tell us. It seemed like you were having a good time. I, I, I think it was uh, very well written. Um, uh, 
and fun to make. Um, the writer was also the director. Yeah. Greg Pritikin. And um, a very bright guy and very smart. And I uh, did a very good job for first-time director, too. <clears throat> Just like Harold was. Well, it, uh, by the way, Dreyfus does not like Bill Murray. I remember, no? yeah, we remember we had that. Oh, they just recently, yeah, from, about the from, what about Bob? What about Bob? Yeah, about how he was just very, very mean to him. I don't know if he mentioned that to you at all. Who? Uh, Rich, Richard Dreyfus uh, was uh, had. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I heard that Bill beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> that's was the word. <laughs> really mean I, to him. And and Bob Goldthwait too, another guy uh, he beat up. Well, that's a lot. Billy, yes. Billy has a, a, a little trouble controlling his temper, but oh. um, I think I think he's probably grown out of it a little bit. Didn't now you guys are friends, but didn't you throw down one time behind the scenes on uh, on SNL? Didn't, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a funny fight because neither of us touched the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. With that... Belushi between us. John, John coming out, okay, okay. <laughs> between the two of us. And oh, no. Really, I'm hitting him in the forehead. and <laughs> That's wild. And Bill's raising him on the back of the head. You know, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> hey, look. Because. It was really John that started the whole damn thing. Oh, really? <laughs> what, an, what an agitator. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, I did read this. I don't know if it's true or not, but you recently adopted a dog, and it's named Dusty after your character in Three Amigos. Yeah, that was my wife's idea. That's great. I, Dusty I, Bottoms. Dusty Bottoms. <laughs> that was the guy in the Three Amigos. And, yep. Uh, yeah, we named him Dusty. We also have... Uh, another dog, just the same kind, a Wally, we call him, and it's spelled like Wally World. Oh, you don't, I you love nice. it. You don't, love have it. A, you don't have a yellow dog? A uh, yellow dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was from uh, yeah, Funny Farm. Funny Farm. Maybe the funniest damn scene <laughs> in which I come into that room, uh, and he's, he's sleeping. And his uh, tail's and in the fire. Uh, his whole leg in the fire. <laughs> that movie <laughs> is... I gently pick it up and, uh, oh. and just move it. He doesn't even react. It's just very funny. The other scene, Chevy, is when you get the, the first dog and you just, this dog is going to be able to enjoy this vast yard and the dog just goes running and never stops. And then oh my periodically God. throughout the movie on the horizon. And, we, and then we, we, we put it in again later so that it appeared that he'd been doing that for two weeks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> running and barking. You know what? I just realized that uh, Casey, our producer here, and I will mimic from time to time the scene where you're eating the sheep's testicles, <laughs> just joyfully oh, yeah. having no idea what you're eating. <laughs> just, ooh, here's another one. What's this? <laughs> they were called sheep balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sheep fries. Yeah, sheep fries. <laughs> right. well, so, I mean, the fact is uh, that that was one of the big scenes yeah. in the, that movie. Uh uh, and uh, I, I that that movie was um, funny for him. Yeah, uh, and uh, directed by uh, I don't know Michael Ritchie or something. It's it's a sensational movie. It's it's one of the the gems. I'm a big fan of uh, Memoir of an Invisible Man. I believe it's called John Carpenter directed that. Wow, uh, and that's yeah. that's a fun. That's a little bit of a departure for you, but that is a very cool movie. Did you enjoy working with uh, Carpenter and working on that movie? With who? John Carpenter, the director. Oh, 
Not particularly. <laughs> I can't think of anybody who would be. Uh... <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> you don't really pull any punches, do you, Jerry? I love oh, it. <laughs> well, you get the real deal, man. Well, the yeah. movie was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Regardless. You worked, all right, so uh, I, you worked with Beverly D'Angelo quite a bit, and, mm-hmm. and I loved her, and, and her boobs were some of the first boobs I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Um, really? Yeah. How many were there? Uh, <laughs> at that age, not many. Um, but I, you know, so I, I watch Christmas Vacation every year around Christmas time, and what I'm what amazes me is the fact that I, I still laugh out loud at the underwear scene uh, at the department store. I absolutely love that scene, and oh, that yeah, is yeah. that is just a yeah, sign of great. Line. Yeah. <laughs> but when she yeah, says, can you, I... If you get down far enough and look, you'll see the line. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that's pretty funny. So. The, the part that I love the most about that is she says, can I take something out for you? Uh-huh. And then you just start laughing. And it is... It oh, is, yeah. Yeah. It is so good. And uh, so thank you for I know, that I, scene. I, I, I just remember doing that. Uh, that that's... That just uh, happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who wouldn't do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. so good. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, honestly, and, and it is. You're, you're, you're the, the, and we kid you not, we, we quote you all the time throughout the year. And the, the stuff has brought us, you know, so much, uh, so much joy. Uh, with, with your, your characters, you've been able to sort of play the, um, the sort of smart ass, the sarcastic, sarcastic smart ass. And then also the eternal optimist with Clark. Griswold, who you know, and that's got to be fun to play both sides of that that coin. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, or I wouldn't be doing it. Right, right. Uh, um, I think that um, the idiocy of of uh, Clark Griswold, and uh, as compared to the coolness of <laughs> of uh, Fletch, right, and uh, others, you know. That, that that's a wide range in between there, and yeah. uh, I I loved it. That's well, wonderful. We're, we're super excited for this this uh, this Caddyshack uh, presentation of the Bargata. Yeah, and and thanks for the call. We're we're such huge fans, and and the the entertainment over the years means a lot to us. So we appreciate well, your thank time. Thank you Jerry. very much. Nice talking to you. All right, you take care and and keep up the great work, Chevy Chase guys. Yeah. Oh my God. So for most of that, I thought I was talking to my dad. Yeah, because uh, his his delivery and his speed of of giving answers and uh, and you know remembering names and so forth uh, is <laughs> the same tempo as my father. Uh, <laughs> but I like I, I love the. What, did you like working with him? Not, Not really. particularly. <laughs> or or oh uh, Kenny taking it yeah. took it to Ohio and. Banged. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That was great. Wait, who so when he said about the actor making twenty four million a film, was he talking about Will, Will Ferrell? Ferrell yeah. or, he, okay. he is not a fan of, of uh Will Ferrell. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but he, he is never he always says what he's feeling yeah. and, and he he doesn't mint but yet he is also and even he admits he's a guy who's there was a guy from the I forget the Washington Post or someone who went and spent some time interviewing him. And you know he is basically both Clark Griswold and Fletch. Yeah, he's 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 both those people in one. And uh, but I mean, all the way back to again National Lampoon stuff yeah. when I'd be sitting in my room and listening on the radio with John Belushi and all those the most I'd never heard comedy like that. Um, and and you know that for throughout the years has just been amazing. 
And, and there's so much we could ask him about. Uh, foul play and seems like old times with Goldie Hawn. Which those they, two movies? They, they were they were great. They paired really well together. They, played, they paired really well together. Uh, Modern Problems, uh, which is a goofy junk food movie. He's barely touched on uh, on Three Amigos. There's Spies so, like us. There's so many good movies throughout the year. Spies like us. The scene where he's wearing the fake broken arm. <laughs> 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 and that's so Frank Oz. Right? Yeah. That's Frank Oz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. arts for like, I, like I don't even because I just watched it uh, last month and the re- he farts. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. and yep. then he points to the to the straight guy next to him. Yep. He's like, "Sorry." Yep. <laughs> Preston and Steve's cardboard classic from ninety three three WMMR and Pacifico Beer, Friday, March sixth at Jack Frost Mountain, where the snow comes first. The sled deemed best design scores a two thousand dollar cash prize. The best live live anchors up theme scores five hundred dollars and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has five hundred bucks for the fastest sled. There's three hundred dollars for the coolest Jose Cuervo themed sled and somewhat of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March first at WMMR.com for the MMR VIP lift ticket presale. The sooner you buy, the less you pay. Through February 23rd, lift tickets are just 10 bucks while supplies last at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I wanted to go back to this uh, bizarre file story just a moment ago. Uh, the horrible story. This guy, his mother passed away. She died of cancer. He had been caring for her. After she died, he, you know, was going through her apartment. And in the freezer, or maybe it was their home, I'm not sure. Uh, in the freezer was this box that his mother had always told him as a kid, don't open that box. It was wrapped and everything. So he never did, and he never really thought much God. of it. I'm surprised he didn't. I, he, as, a, he is, as a kid, it, I mean, he, the fact that he honored that, but... He opens it. Well, he assumed nice. he assumed it was bur- um, uh, wedding cake. Yeah. Um, so he opened it, and it was a dead baby, mm. uh, which freaked him out. Obviously, now he's wondering if his mom did something horrible. Yeah. Or maybe she, you know, who knows? Maybe she had a, a stillborn or something like that, and kept it anyway. It's got him all freaked out. And Steve, you were wondering if uh, you know. Although I'm sure it's not as horrific or shocking as that. A, a frozen dead baby. In a, as the things you might find uh, from someone who passed away when you go through their things. So I have a surprising thing. I, I've only had to do that. And it really was my own mother. So it was in our house and we were just going through things in, in like closets. So it wasn't, you know, say like somebody who like a grandparent or whatever. And their shows have done it. Friends did it. And, you know, and Ross found out that his grandmother hoarded sweet and low, I think it was. <laughs> but but um, but that that thing of you, you think of a life collected in a house and things that you hold on to. Mm-hmm. Here's this guy who's left with a multitude of questions now. And the one person who could answer them is gone, yeah. you know? So, yeah, what what happens? You know, what has been some of the stuff? What are some of the things that have been found like that? I'm sure there's tons of stuff. Now, this is a little bit more heartwarming than the story you told. But The I baby just, was alive in the freezer. Right. And they couldn't <laughs> yeah, believe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, they yeah. actually preserved it's unbelievable. a life. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, somebody, I know someone who was adopted, and uh, when his uh, adopted father passed away, he found um, a medal, like a a, um, a saint's medal in uh, his jewelry box or whatever, and the guy thought, well, this looks 
pretty old. I'm going to keep it. Well, he ended up finding out that it was from his biological mother that had pinned it on him uh, when the baby was handed over. And so he found that, which was... You that know, is cool. Kinda, yeah, that's, kinda, a, that's a lot better than a frozen dead yeah, baby. Than a, yeah, than a frozen dead baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's much better. I've, I've never had the occasion to go through a, a, a loved one's belongings after they passed. The only thing I remember when my grandfather died, we uh, kind of, everybody went through the shed where he had all his tools and was saying, I'm taking that and I'm taking this <laughs> yeah. and I'm taking well, that. It just happened actually with my mother-in-law, you know, the, the family sort of dividing up things that they want. We have a couple pieces yeah. of furniture in the house. Let me ask you just on a little tangent here. What would be the thing you'd be most embarrassed to have someone find in your house of your collection? I've got so here's the deal, man. I have I have bins of just sentimental items, things that I've saved, and I have right. them marked as you know Preston's keepsakes. It says, and I keep things for the kids too from their childhood. Everybody's got their own bin. I've got a few of them that just this and that. I'll just set this aside. Oh, here's you know I don't know some concert ticket stubs, or here's right. you know some pictures, or here's. I don't know, whatever, tchotchkes and stuff. I've got tons of things, and I, I, there's nothing I Nothing can, embarrassing? No, there's probably embarrassing. Okay, I just right. can't. I have so right. much, oh, I can't think of anything. Oh, okay. You're a mini hoarder in that. Off the top of yeah. my head, that, but I'm sure that if my kids eventually, upon my demise, go through this stuff, are going to go, oh, my God. <laughs> What? Why would he hang on to that? You it's know, double-headed. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Must have been a close friend. Steve, I remember when, when my grandfather pa- uh, passed away, he had always told us, and maybe, maybe I told you guys this before, but uh, he told us that he had um, some classic baseball cards. And I was a, a baseball card guy growing up, and he apparently had Babe Ruth, uh, Lou Gehrig. And so when, when he passed away... We were looking for that stuff, and we, so he we mentioned never, you never found them. Never found. Oh them. my god! You know what we did find though was we found love letters that he wrote to my grandmother. To Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he wrote it to uh, the Daryl Strawberry Doc Gooden. Uh, I love you so much. No, no, he he wrote love letters to my grandmother in like the the twenties and thirties that were unbelievably sweet, and so that was like family treasure. You know that was cool. No, that's a wonderful right. thing. It's still that's much better than a dead frozen baby. Yes. All right. I, I I here's one that might rank up there as to I wouldn't be embarrassed by this, but there might be some head scratching that yeah. would go on. So, when I was in high school, we had Spirit Week, and Spirit Week each day was a different theme, and you would dress up in that theme, you know, whether it be, you know, the circus or whatever. Uh, and so, one day in Spirit Week, we had Jamaican Day. Okay? So, we actually had Jamaican Day. Oh, no. There's no way on earth this would fly nowadays. So, people wore dreadlocks and yeah. clothes and I don't remember, but maybe there was some blackface. I have no idea, but I wouldn't doubt it. it was the 1980s, and it was a different time. And uh, But one of the things that they hung up as decorations all over the place were cellophane bags of fake weed. No! Oh, <laughs> my God! It's the high school! What? Wow. <laughs> Kid you not. Whoever's, oh in, whoever's on the Spirit Committee, Spirit Week Committee did this, and they got away with it. Once again, 1980s, different time. Different time. Cocaine <laughs> and marijuana were... Now, remember, students, later on, show up in blackface with your fake pot. So so I I snagged one of those uh, bags of fake weed. Okay. Oh. How big is it? Uh-huh. It's a regular oh, like sandwich a regular bag. bag. Oh, okay. You know, and so, case, it's probably like a half ounce or something like wow. that. <laughs> What did they use uh, to? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Oregano, so, hashish. Yeah, it wasn't. Ha- no, it would be funny if it was actual weed. <laughs> or not? Do it. You can't get home. Holy crap! <laughs> but it was. Uh, I, I I don't think it was actually organic. I think it was like fake, almost like um, not quite uh, 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 Easter, you know, grass, the fake grass. Right, right. But it was more like paper type of grass. But I was just like, I'm keeping that. <laughs> 
And so I, I held on. And knowing me, I probably tried to smoke some. <laughs> but uh, but that was a weird thing. Yeah, I have and and people might you know if somebody's going through my stuff, they might go, "What is this?" You know, think so. of think of the, think of your life though, and the stuff that you store in a crew, and the stuff that you. I know a lot of times, like for me, I, I find it hard, like with computers, I don't, I'm always reticent to throw out an old computer because I, I don't want someone getting access to information. I mean, and now you can, there are e-disposal, e electronic disposal places that'll grind stuff up and get rid of that. But, you know, you tend to hold on to things, you Yo, know? Yeah, absolutely. Old, old cell phones even, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, Nick, I just came across my first iPhone that I, and I bought it on the day the iPhone came out. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's on this. Do you want to get rid of it? I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got several cell phones. Do you? Yeah, sitting around. Rochelle's scared for me to give them to anybody. Oh, I just threw them out. I had a whole uh, stack of them, Did like you, old. You, uh, you didn't throw them in the trash truck. I don't so know. You, I you don't know recycle. what I did yeah. with them. There are, there are businesses, in fact, we've advertised businesses, we, mm-hmm. we, we do that, that, uh, that, that will do that, or they will also, you know, get rid of your electronic Oh yeah, this yeah. stuff because because people have that fear. Yep, Marissa. Yeah, cell phones especially because they have to mine. There's a part that they have oh, to yeah. take that's like um, hurting like gorilla habitats and shark habitats. So it's really important that you recycle. I know it's crazy, but all mm. I know is it's important to recycle your cell okay. phones. You heard about that shark habitat in Africa where they, uh, <laughs> all the sharks died because they forgot they're they're more sea oriented. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> hang on, let me go do some calls. I have Brett on the line. Hey, Brett. Good morning good morning guys how you guys doing good what's up brett nothing a uh, long time no talk i freaked um kathy out a couple times when i talked to you guys about bugs but uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> you're the guy who freaks kathy out about it because you talk about bugs i okay. can't wait to hear what you have to say now <laughs> um so uh i was probably about eight to ten years old um but my father had a trail or my uh, grandfather sorry had a trailer out in kentucky and i have to read off by saying he lived alone uh, we were cleaning out his closet, and we found a 12-inch black dildo. Um, and I never saw my mom's face get so red in her entire life. So you, your, your, your grandfather had a, a shed with a with a dildo in it. It was actually his uh, closet, a bedroom closet. Okay. Some like porno mags and stuff, and you know that's normal. We right. Thought, but the 12-inch black dildo was not quite as normal. Mm. For our <laughs> Oh, we lost you. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, well, that that goes right into the whole shovel buddy thing, which we've yeah. talked about many times. Is make sure that somebody you trust someone to get rid of your uh, of your embarrassing materials. Yeah. on your demise. They, you've had this agreement. You make this pact, and they're going to eliminate all that stuff that's going to embarrass your family. Here, Claire is on the line. She has something. She's afraid that her kids will find. Hi, Claire. Good morning. <laughs> Wow, Claire! <laughs> she found that dildo. She's dying laughing. What's up, Claire? You're on the air. Well, um, I have a pretty extensive collection of very provocative, sexy underwear and Ooh. all kinds of iterations of that. Because which my- one are you wearing right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but the weird part is, I'm terrified because I have to admit. I'm 70. Whoa! Damn. You sound a lot younger. And I look damn good in it. But here's the point. (laughs) When we travel, I'm so terrified of my daughters coming across it that I actually package it up, 
really, really tight and putting outdoors in the recycling bin in case they go down. Shut up. In, in case you, in case you oh, die, oh you hide your underwear in the recycle bin. You are a naughty girl. I love you. You are naughty. And my very, very best friend is instructed that should anything like that ever happen and I go, she needs to get to the house and get that recycling. That's your show, buddy. Oh, my God. What, 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 is your, what is your most audacious piece of, of underwear? I assume we're talking uh, crotchless stuff and... Are we talking bondage stuff? What What do you have? Oh no 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 no! Not not bondage, but I would say uh, crotchless. <laughs> that is wow. so funny. Wow! <laughs> Where are you going on vacation, by the way? Are you going to these like swingers joints or? Oh no, absolutely not! Believe it or not, we're as square as they come. Just him and me. I think your recycling <laughs> bin would argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> your husband is lucky. <laughs> yeah. How many husbands have you worn out? <laughs> anyway, I thought you'd think that was Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I think that's hilarious yeah. that you, you, you prepare for a potential disaster <laughs> by hiding your provocative lingerie Claire. in the recycle bin. Claire, what's your favorite pair of panties? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. It, it's, all, it's just all black. Wow. They're, they're all you black? black. Okay. Or is that just the men you sleep with? My husband and I are together forty. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. God, but do you, do you like the the lacy or silk or what? Oh, absolutely, absolutely lacy. Anything sheer? Anything sheer? Yep. Wow. Anything else besides the lingerie? Do you bring um, uh, devices in to this experience? No, okay. I told you we're pretty. Nope. We're pretty okay. conventional. So it's just the underwear. So when you when you put on a, a pair that makes you feel really sexy. I'm trying to drag this out a little bit. <laughs> when you put on a pair that makes you feel really sexy, will you will you take a good look at yourself in the mirror? Oh, yes. Okay. Wow. Do your kids listen to our show by any chance? <laughs> I I don't think so. Let me ask you You'll something, Claire. Today. Do you I ever Do you ever wear that sexy lingerie when you go to the early bird special? <laughs> you know what? I I envision Claire as a, like, she works in the administration office of a high school or something like that. I don't know why I think yeah. of that. Like, what's that? Of course, at my age, I'm retired. Yeah. Yeah. But what did you do before? I was a high school teacher. Yeah. Uh, I knew it. Oh I knew and it. the oh. students oh all God. had a thing for you. Yeah. Oh my, do you want to say what high school? <laughs> No. Okay. No. Let right. me ask you something. Did Spell you it. sit on the edge of the desk? <laughs> Did you sit on the edge of the desk and have one shoe hang off your foot slightly when you talked? I totally was not like that. Okay. All right. What All did right. you teach? So stupid. What did you teach? I don't want to stop. <laughs> leave her alone. Don't no, make so her reveal it, her identity. I, she was, she's all about... At home, husband yeah. in the bedroom and, in, a, in a privacy no, right. home. But I'm it's exactly how Claire, uh, yeah, Claire, my, you know, you, you're conventional. Claire puts all of her lawn, her uh, questionable laundry in the recycling bin as well. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Listen I, listen, I called my husband because, well, he's out on the road on his way to. I, I don't want to say, but I said <laughs> you've got to turn MMR on. I'm calling. He's sorry. listening right now. And I'm sure he's, he's smiling. If oh, you're wait. next to a 70-year-old who's smiling like crazy in a car, it's, I want to hear what his favorite pair is now. Yeah, what? Well, you'd, ha- you'd have to ask him. Okay. But anyway, he's a few years younger. Ooh, I knew oh, it. How many years younger? Yep. How many? Almost four. Okay, that's not. That's, 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 you, you, so in that realm, you're fairly conventional. It's just in your oh, freaky actually. underwear. 
Absolutely. Okay. I want to make him happy. All right. <laughs> Is life just getting better and better, Claire? Well, you know, retirement, yes. Grandchildren, yes. In those, in that regard, yes. Okay. Yes. You know, and now they make wonderful underwear. They make even better <laughs> sexy panties these days. Okay. Anyway, that was- Okay, All right, we want. I you, we got. I, I got to meet Claire sometime. Absolutely, you should come by and visit us. Okay. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll get right on that. Thank okay. you, Claire. She's never going to get anywhere near us. I love that she was cracking up the moment we. Yeah. I, I didn't even talk to her. She was laughing already. The fact she puts it in the recycle bin when she travels. I'm Tony on the line. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. I was just wondering if I could get Claire's phone number. Her phone number. <laughs> yeah, I think we might. Hey. Tell. Tony, she doesn't Sexy. sound seventeen. She sounds really fun, yeah. and uh, oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a 56 year old guy, but hey, she sounds great. All right, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it, man. All right. Oh my God, she's so funny. Uh, let me see. Oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna go to George. Hey, George, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Gadzook. Hey, Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? Hey, um, yeah, my dad, he definitely needed a shovel, buddy, uh, when he passed. Um, I found sex videos with him and some of his previous girlfriends, like three different girls. Oh, my God. Um, Did you watch them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I sampled them, obviously. (laughs) No, that's not obvious. (laughs) You can't say I sampled my dad's sex video, obviously. How many did you watch? You've got to see what it is. How many did you watch and how many did you quote-unquote use? Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't use that stuff. <laughs> so there's, there's also Polaroids yeah. and like bins full of sex. Hey, too. George, after so it was a sex tape of, of he and his ex girlfriend. Did he do any what we call what is known in the industry as POV videos? Um, no, no POV. It was just uh, like like set up on a tripod. Okay, he had a tripod <laughs> set. Wow. There you go. So you had a professional rig. Wow. Yeah, uh, he did. He had, he had a tripod that that was there. You know, the old uh, VHS camera where you put the the little tape into the v, into the VHS thing to watch it. Wow. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Okay. Interesting. What did you do with the tapes? Did you destroy them? Sold them to yeah, Vivid. I, I I destroyed them. I actually had some previous gr- girlfriends call me. And I uh, was wondering if I found anything like that. Oh, <laughs> my God. So they, they were, they, so I was glad to hear at least they knew that, that I mean, they had participated. Yeah. It was not. Uh, I, I, I just told him I, I never found anything like that. He must have got rid of them. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Wow. Were, you, were, you, were you watching them when they called? No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, that's pretty Wait. wild. I mean, if, if I put a tape in and yeah. it ended up being that. Thanks for that would be the only tape that I put in the VCR. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't that no, know you wanna, that was... you want to space it out. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, then every single tape after that would get burned. You could never get that image out of your head. Mm-mm. No. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, while it would be nice to know that Dad was enjoying himself, uh, it'd be pretty If difficult. you're watching this, we've passed. I hope you enjoy this presentation. Uh, it's like Howard Maybe. Stark's video for, uh, for Tony yeah. after he died. Tony, <laughs> you never cleaned your room, and here's your payback. Oh, my God. All right, let me go to Andy. Hi, Andy. Good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, hey. Andy. What's up, man? Hey, so um, my grandmother passed away a few years ago. She was a hoarder. So her apartment, you can only imagine, you know, what it was like. My Uncle Jeff, 
was uh, tasked with cleaning out the bedroom. He is unfortunately a germaphobe, so he had a full on like hazmat suit, right? And I was I would probably do the same. The garbage. What's that? I would probably do the same, man. Some of these hoarder places are just filthy. Oh, I mean, it was it was disaster. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you could spend thirty minutes just on my grandmother's apartment, right? It was awful. But um, so I'm in the other room carrying out bags of garbage, and I hear my uncle go. Found a butt plug. No. <laughs> found a butt hey, plug. Found a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> Just matter of fact. Hey, guess what I found? Found a butt yeah. plug. Yeah, there's a couple C rings with it too. So wow, C rings wow. and butt plugs. Yeah, you know, and and right away they go, man. That dude, Dave, that she dated, he was pretty out there. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it was all him. Thanks, yeah, man. Right. Wow. Awesome. Thanks. Jesus. Grandma's you, butt plug. Is there anything you have that you would go, hmm, I hope, you know, I'm nobody finds that think. Or, or thinks, wow, they're, they're going to really think this is weird. You know, you collect a lot of stuff. My stuff is like, um, like you, you're very big on mementos and yes. things like that. Yes. I'm not the same. So I, um, uh, there's not, and from moving, from the amount of times that I've moved throughout my life. And recently, A too. lot of stuff, it's been sheared You've off. You've cleared yeah. some stuff so out. I, I don't yeah. really yeah. have anything. I went back. I was going through some old stuff. I found my old, like, uh, Six Flags uh, season passes. Okay. You know, I kept saved all those. Oh, you're one of those? my pictures. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. I hang on to IDs and things like that just to go back and look at them. Mark Summers, our buddy, was recently posting his college ID pictures. Uh-huh. They're hilarious. Uh, so I hang on to that stuff for sentimental reasons. I, told, yeah. I had these, like, love letters from guys in high school, and I... F- I threw them out, and I wished, oh. I know, I wish to this day that I, and I could picture they were in a yellow bag, like a yellow plastic bag from some store. God, I'd love to read through some but of those. I remember keeping some of them. There was one guy who I remained friends with, and we actually, like, I would send him pictures. We would laugh about them, and I know that I saved some of them, but I can't, like, when my parents moved from the house I grew up in, they must have gotten tossed because. Nick, you were my favorite sixth grade student. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> who was that, Sandra Day O'Connor, who? Who had uh, love letters from? Oh, that's right, from somebody, another prominent oh, public man. figure, and I don't yeah. remember. And they were kind of compelling. That that stuff is what? worth hanging on to, I think. But now, oh. obviously, it's electronic, and saving tweets and things like that is a little bit different. Or saving text messages. Now the world can go through your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do little screen grabs, but they don't quite have the same as a handwritten letter sentimental value to them. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, let me see here. I have Austin on the line. Hey, Austin, good morning. Good morning. What's up, guys? Yo, buddy. All right, so nobody died in this particular story, but you did find something. Yeah, so we were younger, and it was me and my brothers in the basement, and we were trying to find, like, rated R movies to watch. <laughs> okay. So we were, like, popping VHS tapes in and out, like, trying to find something. And the one video we put in was one of my brother's, like, homemade sex tapes. Oh, no. <laughs> and he happened to film it over one of our christenings or a Christmas video oh, or something. No. He, he, his sex tape, his, his homemade sex tape over the christening video. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> That's hilarious. And at the time, like, we were, like, a minute or so into watching it, and my mom walks downstairs, and she's like, what the f- it's a christening. Wow. Wow. And gave it to my stepdad, and he called my oldest brother down and put it in the VHS 
player in the living room and played it for him and asked him what it was. Oh, why? Why do you even have to put it in the video? Yeah, you, you don't well, have you to watch, watch it? that with your son. <laughs> you can say, "Hey, we know what's on this tape." Yeah. Explain yourself. I guess oh, he was curious too. He was going for level ten embarrassment. <laughs> no, I think it was more like, "How did you do that? <laughs> How did you pull that?" I mean, because I I try that, but I can't. I can only get just to the edge of it. Wow, Austin, is this ever brought up to your brother? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, honestly, I worked with my brother, so I'll see him in a little bit, and I'll tell him I told the story on the radio. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So, is it worse? Is it? Do you feel good knowing that there was an act of, like, with, with your parents or grandparents, that there was an act of sex life? Or is, there's just no positive element of finding anything that suggests a, a, a sexual situation with your grandparents and I mean, parents? I, you know, I, like I know, but I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to know about that. But <laughs> my stepdad is, like, I think 76 and my mom's 54. So I definitely don't want to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I have found weird things in the refrigerator or in the freezer over the years, and we've talked about that before. It's kind of a separate conversation, but I remember in my freezer, and I've told you guys this story before, for some reason, God, it must have stayed in there for 10 years. We had a dead duck in our freezer. <laughs> oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. My dad shot it while hunting, and his intention was to one day get it mounted. Yeah. Because it was a um, it was a female wood duck, which is a very beautiful duck, um, but... It, do and, they get freezer burn after a while? Well, I assume I, they do, yes, right? I would think so, and, and I just remember for ages... At first, it was kind of disgusted me a little yeah, bit, yeah. and I found it kind of gross that this carcass was in the freezer next to the ice cream and all the <laughs> other little delightful things that I would go in there for. And your quarter of and, a million dollars. And eventually, it just became a thing that was in the freezer, and it's it didn't bother duck. me anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. the freezer duck. So. It's right next to the freezer duck. And was it... Was it your mom that kept the gravy yes. in the... Uh, about about 20... whip. Carvel. Carvel container. Carvel ice cream containers. My mother, I guess, figured at some point the uh, Soviet Union was going to step in and embargo all the gravy. Yeah. And so uh, she had so much. So when she died, I was pulling out this frozen. And I love my my mother's gravy that she would make, but it was just tub after tub of frozen gravy. And I'm like, Mom, what were you yeah. What was the impetus yeah. for this? Why gravy? Some people have their thing. Yeah. Just hang on to it. I don't know. We are going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. A couple of guests to tell you about when we return. So stay with us. Activate. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I think it's safe to say that we have, as far as the movie goes, Blinded by the Light, we have the most important people <laughs> In our studio there right we go. now. So we have writer, director, two of the stars of the film. It's getting wonderful reviews. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to see the film. And I apologize if I mess up your names. I'm just, I'm, I'm terrible at names altogether. But we are going to welcome to the studio, we have uh, Vivek, we have Aaron, we have Gorinda and Sephraz who are here. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get any of those correct? 
Almost. Perfect. Close Almost. enough. You said oh, Aaron wrong. Aaron. <laughs> Damn it. We screwed up the easiest one. It's, it's A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. 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 Yeah. name's Blake. <laughs> Thank you guys Blake. for being here this morning. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the movie's getting rave reviews, and, and you guys are the key people in this. Uh, project, and um, I don't even know where to begin other than... Can I start? Well, I was going to tell, if, if you don't mind me telling... Please, please. Dorinda, who... Uh, the sh- You're the director of Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Oh, my God, do I love that movie. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Such a wonderful film. And, uh, you know what, and... and it's, I, just, it's just a pure, joyous... Film, yeah, and uh, you know it's 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 obvious, and we know is the the biggest grossing until that damn Slumdog Millionaire movie came along, <laughs> but it was the biggest grossing movie in, in England. But th- this is in sort of that that realm, yeah. That, that the and your your movies are sort of described as as like like gentle comedic dramas that that are that are of a time that are of, that are people stories absolutely and uh, that that re- they always seem to resonate you seem to have a gift for that so uh yeah we're we're, we're well, big fans you. of your work you know one of the great things actually about bender like beckham for me was this recent uh women's world cup yeah uh, where the small team from the U.S. did well. <laughs> Beat us out in the U.K. Yeah. Uh, it beat England. But what was great was so many of the players said they got into football or soccer uh, because of watching Bender Like Beckham. Oh, that's very cool. That's got to be very, very cool. Well, there was, there was cool. a nice nod to the to the uh, women's American team in Bennett Like Beckham, too, which was pretty uh, absolutely, cool. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Good. But, yes, Blinded by the Light um, is... In that area that I love, you know, talking about kids whose parents might have come from somewhere else, have certain dreams for their kids, and then suddenly their kids go, uh-uh, that's not my dream. I've got my own dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big chasm in the middle, and how, what, how are you going to fix that? But it's not just drama for the sake of drama, because there's a lot of love and emotion between parents and kids but at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, fractious stuff. So I find that a really great area for well, drama. You, you know, Gorinda, uh, is that my pronouncing yes, great? Yes, So, so this, this brought to mind, there's the opening scene in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody where um, uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's on the tarmac and he's working and he's, he's, he's called a disparaging comment and he's, and he's kind of going through this, and he finds um, he finds salvation through music. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, it's the same. It's the same. It's so, 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 am I pronouncing yes. it? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, your story is this, and we've talked about this many times. About and you try to articulate it, and it seems that visually you're able to pull it off in the movie. How music. How you try to describe? Obviously, you're a music station, longest rock station in in you know in in the country here. Yeah. And and how music, how those particular songs can take a moment, and no one knows what I'm going through. And then you hear that voice, you hear that thing on the radio, and it speaks to you, and and it and suddenly you feel a connection, and you're not alone. And that's a that's, a, that's especially what to me. Yeah. yeah, but it's also it's actually about radio as well. Because yeah, there's, there's something about when you listen to a song on the radio. Where it just feels like it's just talking to you. Yeah. You know, and when a DJ speaks, I remember being a 16-year-old, and I used to think oh, I had a personal relationship with the DJs. I couldn't believe that other people were also listening to Likewise. Things, you know? It meant a lot, because there were many of the experiences of, like, I remember when the night John Lennon was shot. I, I, I got all that through, through the radio, and, and, and I, it, from second to second to all of that. And the other thing is, when you're a kid, especially if you're a kid living in a small town and it feels like it's got not much promise in it and right. you don't have people who connect with you and you don't have parents who really speak the kind of way you want to speak, and then you hear a song or you see an artist 
whose words connect with you. I just think the power of that when you're a teenager just never gets replicated. Do you know what I mean? So I you, think you're right. You just played Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. That brings me back to being 16, hearing that song and thinking, yeah, I want to get out of a dump like this. You know? <laughs> and that relationship, yeah. and that's what this film is about. It's about being 16, discovering the music of Bruce Springsteen and thinking, this guy has the secret to the universe. <laughs> this guy can take me to the promised land. <laughs> and it's funny because, and we, we've talked about um, how... Sometimes it is it is a song like that, or, you know, getting out of a dump like this, or it can be a, a, just a joyous song. But the, the way music, in, in its most unique way, has uh, has a way to address your emotions in in a very prime way. Now, you as a filmmaker, Agarinda, have have the the ability to you use some creative techniques to actually see the the moments at which these lyrics are impacting uh, your characters. And and yeah. w- what made you decide to? Because we're actually seeing. Words. Well, here's a film where the protagonist, the, the lead guy, his dream is to be a writer. Right. And it's the words of Bruce Springsteen that talk to him. So as a director, you know, making a film where your star wants to be a writer is not necessarily cinematic. Right. You know? um, and so I had, to find, um, I had to find a way to make the words come alive, but not only come alive, be characters and be emotional in in. In, in telling that story right. of how music impacts you for the first time. Were you afraid that it, it could become too too cute to use? To, to, it, was it, a, it had to be a bit of a risk. Well, what I didn't want to do is uh, do a jukebox musical. Right, right, right. <laughs> karaoke, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where mm-hmm. you just have the songs in the background. Mm-hmm. Or, and as you say, karaoke. Uh, I, I had to make the words be characters. And so it was the choice of words I used. I didn't use the entire sentences, just pulled out certain words and how I animated them. And it was all through Javid's eyes was and ears and head what was he thinking what was he appealing to at that time uh, and i think what's been interesting is a lot of people have really appreciated that i do i have put words up when needed because bruce mumbles <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh so you, you know what he's saying yeah the wild the innocent and the east street shuffle is one of those seminal albums for wow, me where yeah. Uh, yeah. and there's so many songs that i just that i just would listen to over and over and over again and um, uh, so to, to see the to see words and to see things like that, Bruce himself obviously is a big proponent of it. And he's not always been that way about his the use of his music in movies. No. Uh, so you 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 know that was a, a big score for you guys because yeah. it, it it clearly spoke to I if you if you saw his Broadway show or it's on Netflix as well. It, that that clearly is a, a major importance to him, how his message is disseminated and received. So I assume that's why you got the immediate okay about this. Well, you know what? Uh, if you go onto the uh, Blinded by the Light uh, social media handle today, Safraz has put up the video of us first meeting Bruce. <laughs> and we waited a long time because it's yes. very, very embarrassing. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Yeah, we're not cool, calm and collected at all. We both lose ourselves. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I heard you'd, you met him briefly when you were 16. Uh, no, no, basically what happened was in 2010, yeah. um, and you can see this, it's, it's, it's there in glaring colour. <laughs> um, in 2010 in London, he came for The Promise, you know, the making of Darkness on yes. the Town. Yeah. And I'd written a book uh, three years earlier called Greetings from Barry Park, and which was sort of told the true story, yeah. which this film is inspired by. And uh, I wanted to give him the book, and basically what happens is, He's there at this big premiere event and he's running through, he's walking through and there's all these people running around and there's flashbobs going and I'm trying to catch his eye because I want to give him the book. Right. I want him to show us this is how much you meant to me. And then, as you'll see in the video, he spots me, walks towards me and says, hey, 
I just want to tell you I really loved your book. Wow. Whoa! What? Oh, my God. Did wow. you cry? Did you cry? You uh, cried. My, my voice went up a couple of octaves. <laughs> <laughs> he did what you just did. <laughs> Let me ask you. Well, yeah. Exactly. That's, that is amazing. It's crazy. How quickly yeah. did you have to change your pants? <laughs> <laughs> but because Safra, that are, would just are be... Are you the boy? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's based on Sapphire's. <laughs> I mean, so as yeah. Sapphire's was freaking out, and and he was saying, "How did you read it? Who gave it to you? You found the time to read it, and all this." Um, I stood there thinking, "Okay, this is it." I've three seconds before he's moved on to do a movie deal with Bruce right now because. His book is wonderful, but there'd be no movie without Bruce's blessing. Yeah, that's what no, we that's knew. how can you how can you do it and not use Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, music? we have to have Bruce. So he was there standing in front of us. So I was like, going, okay, be calm, be professional, and I turned to him and I went, "Hi, Bruce. I made Pendel. I pick him. So great, you're here. We, I'm so happy you like the book. We want to make a film. Please, will you help us? Um, and we've kept that video quiet actually, but Sam yeah. put it out. And he just looked at us both standing there and said, nodded his head, said, sounds good. Nice. Talk nice. to John. And wow. then that's how the movie happened. Wow. I wanted to get uh, Vivek and, and Aaron's uh, uh, perspective on Bruce before you got the role. Yes. What, what was your awareness of him as an artist? Um, hello, I'm yeah. Vivek. <laughs> this is. I'm, I'm Aaron. Hello. Um, <laughs> We just want to say, just really quickly before that, sure. me and Aaron got the chance to meet Bruce for the first time two yeah, days yeah. ago, which was absolutely <laughs> nuts. Yeah. And he turned up to our red carpet and everyone else this was tipped off. This was in Asbury off. Park, yeah. Yep. yeah. Everyone else was tipped off. Saf was tipped off. G was tipped off. Aaron was tipped off. No one told me. <laughs> he turned around the corner on the red carpet. And people have asked me, like, what would you do if, if you met Bruce? And I was like, I'd oh, just, you know, say hello, hello, hey, like, how's it going? <laughs> I fell to the floor. And then, like, I, I bowed down to the man. And he was like, what's going on? He was probably like, he was probably like what on earth's going on? Because he's quite a normal lad. But, yeah, yeah uh, we definitely didn't listen to Bruce beforehand. But now right. we are... Now we are fans. And I think, if I hear quickly, uh, is that your favorite song is Growing Up, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's one yeah. of my all-time favorites. That's, that's a great song. I understand it's now a little bit harder for you to listen to more uh, poppy stuff now that certainly. you've heard Springsteen. S- certainly during are the you, time. Are you both that way, Aaron, as well? Um, yeah. I'm still a rap fan, but it's, <laughs> nice to, it's nice to have that kind of shift because it was yeah. so far from what I what I usually listen to. Right. Um, so it took me a while to kind of get to grips with... Uh, his his style of music and that kind of genre, um, but of course we're playing real guys who are going to be watching it and to resonate with the characters as well as we needed to. We had to understand what it was about this man that was you know that that resonated so well with a sixteen year old Indian a Muslim boy in Luton. And it can be a tough thing because music you know everyone tries to you got to listen to this man and so I'm sure you've all had people go you got to listen to and and you don't like it so if yeah. you don't like it. That's a tough thing to get over, but, yeah. but obviously you both ma- managed to do that. But the thing about this film, actually, is that although obviously in, in real life it was about Springsteen for me, right. I think you could actually substitute Springsteen for anybody that really mattered to you. I, yeah. I agree, yeah. So yeah. I'm getting tweets from people saying, this reminds me of the first time I heard Green Day. Yeah. I heard one woman who I think may have been clinically insane who basically <laughs> said, this film reminded me of the first time I listened to Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Which but that's, it was impactful for her. I mean, that, 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 apparently so. Yeah, we like the wolf. Did it for her. <laughs> I've not, so for a 
was the name of the book was um, uh, Blind Greetings, Greetings from Barry Park. Was right. The name of the book. Yeah. And so you grew up in in Barry Park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why was the movie not named that? Because it's a great it's name. A fantastic title. Yeah. I know, but because it's, it's a bit of a joke. Because in terms of the album, first album of Springsteen is Greetings from Asbury Park, right. which is what growing up is on. Yeah, and exactly. So it would have worked, but I think. You know, if you think about it as on a poster, Blinded by the Light just feels like an open, happy kind of title. I have to say, a couple of days ago, we were in Asbury Park for the premiere. Yeah. And the maddest thing, I was sitting next to Aaron and Vivek, and Bruce was two rows in front of us <laughs> to watch the film. And the weirdest thing to be watching our film... Yeah. With the head, with the outline of Bruce, yeah. that has to be. What, what if he turned around? Man, that sucked. Literally every every single scene that I was in, I was like trying to turn my head so I could see if he was like, laughing or not. You just, uh, I mean, so he he's there. He's Asbury Park. It was his Southside Johnny was there as well. Yeah, yeah So yeah. That, that that whole that whole as I I love that that period of time with, with, of his music and he he went off in some other things that were kind of like. Um, you know, a, a little different. Um, but uh, at that point, I think that's the purest. And to your point about speaking when you're t- a teenager, when you're younger, uh, you know, uh, th- that it that, that impact, Preston was moved by the Beatles and Rush. And, mm. uh, you know, we all have those bands. So you're right. You can take extract Bruce Springsteen and put in any band. What do you think it is about that age? It's just because you're in formative years or... It is. I think it's because you're still being shaped, aren't yeah. you? You are still being shaped and you are impressionable. I think you're impressionable. Right. And, and for me, what it was also about is, you know, I always think, like, say you live in a town which doesn't seem to have much promise and you don't have cool, you know, siblings or whatever. Music is like a window to another world, you know? Yeah. You, it's, no, if you're in Britain, if you're Britain, it can be American music. If you're in America, it might be the Smiths or it might be the Beatles or whatever. And it opens the window to something else that's possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's uh, you know, Casey listened to Nick and Casey listened to a lot of music. Preston is a musician, uh, you know, and so it, and obviously the whole industry here that we're in radio, at least at this level, is, is is based on music. But the the marriage of cinema and music can go asunder pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think magic. The magic is how you use music. Yeah. you know, with your characters and with your story, and if you get it right, you know, one track again in a particular scene can can make the whole movie so how hard do you slave on picking the right song for the right oh it was very it was a very long process and you know lyrics.com was my friend for a long time you know and got all the lyrics out poured over them really wanted to make every song matter in terms of Javid's journey right um and there were situations where there were great songs that we couldn't use because they didn't fit the story we wanted to tell. I got you. And then there were other occasions where I knew I needed something here, but I wasn't quite sure which track. And then I'd call Safraz, and he'd invariably be on the top of a bus going home or something. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, here's the situation, which song? And he'd say, well, give me half an hour. And then three minutes later, he'd call back <laughs> with like three suggestions. Like, yeah. I tried that, I tried that, but that's a good idea. Let's try that. So it was it was forensic is the word I would use. But also in the film, um, the music is very uh, choreographed, you know, how a certain line is used and not used. So in Dancing in the Dark, for example, there are lines that are very relevant, but then Bruce goes into a chorus of Dancing in the Dark, which wasn't particularly relevant at that point in the scene because I wanted to get to messages keep getting stronger. And so I had uh, Javid press 
forward on the Walkman as if he like, wants to hear more and more. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he hits it right at messages keep getting stronger. And, and so that's how, you know, it, like, that's what I mean by choreographed. Yeah. And the great yeah. thing is about Springsteen is that, and not and many artists can do this, is their writing actually speaks to so many different things. So at the beginning, you know, you have a scene where he's in his town and he's trying, you know, he wants to get out, so you're living in a dump like this and all this, dancing in the dark is perfect. Later on when there's a story arc and the story is about the relationship with his father, he's written Independence Day, which is absolutely mm. about that. Mm. You know, later on it might be something about, you know, not trying to find, trying to find work, Badlands, you know, keep pushing every day. So the fact of Springsteen is that his lyrics actually speak to the same concerns that somebody likes Javid, so many people living in hard towns, you mm-hmm. know, living lives they don't want. So we had that ability. And not yeah. every artist will have lyrics that are as mm-hmm. versatile and which speak to that range of experience. But we, also, sorry. We, I was going to say, we look, we see Bruce as, you can't get much more American than Bruce as far as an artist goes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I've always listened to him that way, speaking yeah. about, you know, when I think of the, the towns he's describing and so forth as an American town, was it easy to, for that to translate? Did that even cross your mind when you were listening to I Bruce as a kid? I think you see Bruce as American. Mm-hmm. I see Bruce as universal. Right. The, what, the stories that he tells, you know, if you sit and listen to them, they're everybody's stories. They're stories of struggle. They're stories of people trying to get by, people trying to raise their kids. People haven't got enough jobs around. Yeah. You know, they're about, as he says, the stories are about people who make the world go round. Right. Yeah, I think that's it's why he has the, so many fans all over the world. And I think that's absolutely true. But there is also a romance in the fact that he is American. Okay. So if you grow up yeah. far, far from places, and it's a bit of a joke, it sounds like a joke, but, you know, like places like the New Jersey Turnpike <laughs> sounds really cool if you don't have to drive on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're in Philly. We're, yeah. we're in Philadelphia. Yeah. I grew up knowing about the spectrum. Okay. You know, I, I've seen videos of Springsteen singing when you walk in the room, you know, the mm. song, uh, from, yeah. from, from, you know, at the spectrum. I know what this place means to Bruce. Okay. Having never even been here, I, yeah. you know, because I know the history of that stuff. And it means more when you're not from there. In yeah. 1987 in Britain, was how popular was Bruce overall? Or were you kind of on your own listening to Bruce Springsteen? So if you know your music, 1987 was Tunnel Love. Mm-hmm. So Bruce has gone no over longer the with the E Street Band. He's he's gone over the. It's an underrated album, by the way. It's yeah. a masterpiece, yeah. Yeah. but it's not born in the USA. Right? Yeah. So, firstly, the people who liked him were the muscle-bound. They thought he was a muscle-bound, bombastic kind of person. Right. Yeah? Uh-huh. So, if you're going to 16, when I was 16, people were into the Smiths, and Springsteen was like bombastic, super uber American. So that was one thing. And secondly, Tunnel of Love is a dark album about relationships and frailties of, you know, frailties of, of, of adulthood, which isn't going to be what the 16-year-old kids are going to like anyway. Yeah. So me and my friend Roops were basically on our own. And people were into Bros. They were into, you know, uh, Curiosity Kill the Cat. They were into <laughs> I like Cutting all that Crew. <laughs> yeah. They were into Cutting Crew. It's probably best not to admit that in public. But, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we were on our own. But the funny thing is we didn't think that we were worse than them. We thought we were superior to the other people in the college because we knew more than they did because of the wisdom of Bruce. Wow. Uh, wow. Hey, uh, would you classify this movie as a musical? Uh, no. no. I'd classify it as a quasi-musical and a British uh, film um, with music in it. So do you know who uh, John Carney is, by any chance? Uh, he, he wrote and directed the movies uh, Sing Street. Sing Street, yes, uh, yeah. yes. So he does these movies that, like, I guess you could technically classify it as a musical, but I, you, as you're watching it, you're not like, you know, this isn't song and dance, sound of music, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I, because I love music so, great, yeah, yeah I, I love music so much, and if, if it can be incorporated into 
a, a movie, I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I loved Sing Street, and we've had some comparisons with that film. Really? And, and the same thing there was the music was an integral part of the kid's journey. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't about song and dance music. It was like music was his way out to be cool and to get that girl, you know, yeah. be in a band, get the girl. And and also, you know, I, I have been a fan of Springsteen's too since I was at school. And that's something that everyone finds very amazing that me as an <laughs> Asian wo- woman in Britain would be into Springsteen. But we ha- had a parallel love of the guy um, because because he does speak to us and that's how we became friends because of our love of Springsteen. I know you're a professional filmmaker but isn't there a temptation when making a movie like this that's such a love letter to make it four hours long? To, you know, just to include every yeah. Bruce song that there yeah. ever was and, well, and to keep it going? <laughs> well, at Sundance, the first time we saw the film with an audience, there were a lot of Bruce fans in the in the audience who'd sort of got gone to Sundance to, to catch the first viewing. And after the film, one of the first questions I got asked uh, was... I love the movie, but why did you make the, the song so short? <laughs> I'm like, dude, no one wants a four-hour movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like you. I agree with you. <laughs> uh, surprise, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Um, someday I want to go to Liverpool. I want to see this area that motivated these guys to write this amazing music, where it was fostered, where they grew up. What was it about that place? You have come here. You've probably been here before, and you've probably you've been to Asbury Park. Have you gone around to see some of these places that you've yeah. heard about in song? And what's that like for you when you get a chance? To did see you see? Those? Did you did you see the James Gordon thing with McCartney when he went? I did. Oh, it's oh great. my god! Absolutely cool. loved it. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I was nineteen, I went and did a pilgrimage to Asbury Park, and walked around and saw the boardwalk, and <laughs> went to the convention center and stood outside the Stone Pony. And people always say, oh, God, it must have been so disappointing. But I was like, no, this is the, this is the real landscape that I mythologized and loved. And it was so moving and incredibly, like, validating to come back, what, 29 years later this week with the film back in Asbury Park and actually get inside the convention center <laughs> and actually get inside the Stone Pony. And, um, yeah, so, no, it's, it's an incredible, incredible uh, journey and it's really, really lovely to have a film. And the other thing that was really incredible was to do a film which you think is very personal about Britain and the 80s and, you know, a, a kid from a migrant background. And to have people in Jersey and here all over the state saying, we recognize ourselves in this dad. We recognize ourselves in the character of Javid. Yeah. And that's really meaningful. You know, you think you're telling some sort of personal story about being a British kid. And it resonates. And the people in the place that you've worshipped are saying they connected with it. And to have a younger version of yourself... Jumping up on a poster in red, white, and blue—you know the, Ameri- the colours of the American flag—is a, a mighty thing. <laughs> it's true. Well, so, and, and I'm dying to see it because, Grinnell, like like you did with uh, with Bennett Light Beckham, you were talking about different cultures, and and I saw that family having the same issues that I of a completely different culture have as well. Yeah. And it's uh, I, I'm I'm dying to see this. Cause, well, I think my job as a filmmaker then is to take these stories. And, and put them together and create, you know, two plus two equals five. You know, that's, that's you've got to have a film that has impact. So you've got to be true to the story, uh, the true life story of the kid who's dreaming of writing and becomes a writer. And also, you, you know, I'm very... Um, <clears throat> 
I'm very um, pleased that I was able to make a film with Bruce's songs that lived up to his legacy that he liked. That's so cool. That's yeah. the cool thing. You, you know, you, you, he, uh, after we made, after he saw the film, he said to me, he gave me a big hug and kissed me, and he said, "Thank you for looking after me so beautifully." Uh-huh. But but the film has to be, dare I say it, bigger than Bruce <laughs> and bigger than Safraz for it to connect to people all over the world. And and I have to make it a universal story, and I have to. Ch- show that Bruce has words, but you don't have to be a Bruce fan. And that's the power of cinema. So right now, in terms of some of what we see around the world that's going on in terms of intolerance and hate... For me, it was really important to make a movie that had some kind of impact um, and was an antidote to what we were seeing around us. Yeah, um, so I was going to ask you, but now I'm I'm thinking of a different question. No, I'm going to go back to the original question. Um, (laughs) What sort of uh, musical avenues did Bruce open up for you? Musical avenues? Um, Well, I just want to say, before I say that, that... um, this whole universality thing, you know, when I was a kid, I would watch something like, say, Michael J. Fox on Back to the Future mm-hmm. and completely connect with him as a little, as a teenager or Ferris Bueller or whatever. And there's something really cool about people watching Vivek and Aaron on screen as Javed and Roops, <laughs> as these Asian kids in England, but seeing themselves yeah. in that yeah. and seeing these people as, every, as, everyday hum- as everyday kids that they can connect with, even though they're not from a different country and they're from a different colour. And that's... That is really powerful, and that's really significant. And that says something about how brilliant their acting is. It says something about the story and the script. But that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, it's really great. cool I, that I they can it. see themselves as is that. But that's my job. Yeah. That's my job to yeah. make sure that people... good they were. They were really good as well. Absolutely. But it all goes back to... Thank you, sir. <laughs> <starts> with Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> You're starting with Bruce. You know, here, here's but a... the musical avenues question. Yeah, yeah. What I did was I got a bit of a spider's web. So I got into Bruce, and then because of Bruce, I got into Roy Orbison, and I got into Dylan... And I went to John Mellencamp. Oh. And so basically all the people that Springsteen liked, yeah. I started liking. And that kind of opened the door to Johnny Cash and, 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 and that whole world. I but, wanted to ask just a quick question to you, Vivica. I've been seeing the, the, these uh, um, pieces about this movie, Voyagers. Are, are, you, are you a part of that film? Yeah. Yes, and it's it's coming out, and it, it's been likened. It's like a like a futuristic Lord of the Flies. Yes. This is a this is a big thing. Are you still filming that? Uh, just finished filming a week before we started doing UK press. So I literally we were out in Romania for two months, did that, and then hopped on UK press, and now we're in the US. So you just uh, you haven't stopped. Yeah, it's quite cool that it's pretty different. It's what's cool is like being like young and Asian, you can do stuff that's like this that is about culture and right. like uplifting those people. And also something like that, which is totally unrelated, about, like, kids on a spaceship, and then Colin Farrell dies, and then we have to sort of figure our own lifestyle. Just giving a spoiler. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then everything, 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 you know, goes downhill from there. But it's, uh, it's, no, uh, it's, it's getting a good word of, uh, at least the, 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 I don't know if, who's seen what, but the, the, the anticipation for it's pretty high. So, And it's, it must be the opposite side of the coin from this very... Qu- small story to uh, space travel. Yes, sir. Certainly. I mean, when you're on a... The context of the film is that, like, there are these kids that, you know, are, you know, they are animal in nature because they haven't been affected by, you know, things we're affected by on a day-to-day basis. Like, the social norms, the culture, everything surrounding us. Um, So it's an exciting... uh, 
exciting thing and an exciting time. Like Very the cool. music of Bruce Springsteen, for example. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which could have really helped you out on that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, Grinda, we have a fairly well-known uh, director who lives in the area, and actually we're friends with Night Shyamalan. Uh, oh, and I know okay. that the community is, is fairly small as far as directors go. You uh, uh, Do you have a connection with him at all? Or? No, I don't. I know him. Isn't Jonathan Demi from... Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, yeah. Yes. directed yes. Philadelphia with yes. a song by Bruce Springsteen exactly. called Streets of Philadelphia. Exactly. It all comes back together. Aaron, what do you have to connect to this? <laughs> all roads lead back. <laughs> but also, this is the home of Rocky, right? So yes. We're going, yeah. We passed the, the steps and we're looking and forward to running a, up them later. There is a connection because M. Night Shyamalan likes to make little cameos in um, in his films, doesn't he? And there is a Gorinda cameo in Blind There you go. Mm. Okay, Are you playing Patty Scalfia? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do have a Whitney Houston wig on there. <laughs> uh, yes, we and we are in the heart of Bruce Country right here. You know, uh, Philadelphia was his next connection. I mean, New Jersey, obviously, in New York, but uh, but Philadelphia and this radio station in particular was an early, early Bruce Springsteen supporter. Uh, so you know, we're just uh, we're stoked that I he. Mean, that you it, know, that we, he we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Ed Shockey. I mean, he, you yeah. know, he was a legendary DJ who worked here, and Bruce slept on his couch. You know, yeah. and, and, and wow. so when when you're talking about the history of Bruce Springsteen in Philadelphia, you kind of have to mention WMMR, and, and we don't. We're proud of that. You know, it's a, it's a neat thing to be able, and then to be able to talk to you guys about this and and have the the connection. It, it, it's it's very really cool. It makes it universal. It really unifies everybody. Absolutely. And the remarkable thing is, we would never have known that when our movie came out, that Bruce Springsteen would be number one in fourteen countries with a new album yeah. that is killing it. I mean, we wow. could never have predicted that. That's uh, what a what a great artist. Yeah. You know, after five yeah. decades, to still hold that position. Well, the, yeah. the reviews are are really wonderful. And they, uh, you know, you're you, you're definitely on a streaker, and this is the kind of thing that speaks to so many people. And if you, you know, listen, we love the big, uh, big Marvel movies and all that stuff as well, but we love these kind of movies. And Bended Like Beckham was love it. So uh, it's it's a good it's a good menu item if yeah. you're going out to the movies. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we really need the support of people because uh, it's not a big superhero movie as such, but it's that opening weekend that counts. Yeah. So yeah. We, we we really hope that. Um, People come out and support us, and I, and I'm very proud of Aaron and Vivek too because I think they've got a great future ahead of them in the way the audiences are warming to them. Yeah, the so. the, the response, the, the the you're 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 both getting cited for performances in uh, the reviews, yeah. so that's excellent. Congratulations to you, Thank and you. good luck with the uh, the opening. I'm sure it's going to do wonderful. Thank you guys for coming by here. Thank you for having Thank us. So Appreciate it. Brenda and Safraz, thank you guys. We are going to take a quick break. I, I feel like hearing Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and uh, maybe we'll play a little Bruce. Stay with us. We'll return in a moment. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. 
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. The Bizarre File is brought to you by Red Robin. Red Robin is sharing the love in February with 15% off all online orders using promo code ONLINE15. Order today at order.redrobinpa.com. Red Robin, yum. A man was recently booked into the county jail uh, for, it was about a month after he allegedly attacked a man who was on the toilet at the time. Logan Nash. What are you doing? Baker was booked on suspicion of second degree assault. Charges stem from when uh, police responded to Freedom Drilling Services for a report of an assault. Once on the scene, officers spoke with Baker's employer, Carol Stiles, who said that she was leading a safety meeting that morning when she learned that Baker and another employee had gotten into a fight in the bathroom. Uh, Stiles told Baker to clean up the bathroom and then had him removed from the property. Uh, Police next responded to a medical center where the 24-year-old victim was receiving treatment for a fractured nose as well as a swollen eye and cheekbone. Now, the victim told police that he and Baker were arguing after the safety meeting. Baker followed the victim into the bathroom, telling him to come out into the parking lot and fight. Like a man! When the victim refused, Baker busted into the stall and punched the victim several times in the face while he was sitting on the toilet. Uh, Baker had been booked. Honestly, that should be verboten. I don't care how 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 much the anger is present. You got to let a guy take a dump. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's just bad crazy. We're just gonna have to wait here. When you're done, then the fight resumes. So vulnerable, man. You Darn. are, and looking pathetic with your pants down. Yep. and poo poo coming out. <laughs> it took him to jail. It, oh. Uh, what seemingly started as a prank by Rutgers University students has turned into a school-wide meme. Have you guys seen this? No. I've heard so, about it. What? The, 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 the big conflagration, right? A big fight? No, 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 no. No, this is uh, each each September, the university's dining hall hosts a smorgasbord of seafood, lobster, crab, bis- Oh, I haven't heard about this. Uh, flounder, salmon, shrimp, and more in their annual King Neptune night for students. Well, after this year's feast... <laughs> Some students decided to jokingly take a lobster from the all-you-can-eat event and place it in a tree on campus. And although the crustacean slowly rotted away over its three-week stay in the tree, presumably removed by university officials on October 18th, students have come to memorialize its presence with a new makeshift lobster made out of pine cones and tape. (laughs) It's become like a religious ritual? (laughs) Others have even joked about starting a petition to make it a historical monument on campus. Uh, And one of the seniors said it's gotten like a cult-like and religious following. Oh, I, I love that. He said it's really cool that someone put a lobster in a very... Very obvious and reachable spot, and no one thought of taking it away for a good three weeks. Students have also memorialized the lobster with a Tinder account, huh. while others have hung up photos of the crustacean in their dorm rooms. Students have also jokingly made pilgrimages to the tree as part of the viral campus trend where they pay homage to the new makeshift lobster that they've named Boris 
and another real lobster that was placed there and dubbed Yellow Band Bobby. So it's there right now. Uh, that's the yeah. one. Some students, however, pointed out that the uh, the prank was wasteful, writing on Reddit that it's really not funny to have good food go to waste like that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, they're just, you know, it's no Please. big deal. Despite the criticism, the trend seems to have created a new community at the university, bringing students together for a good laugh. So, I love it. What if this becomes like a religion in, like, 100 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, could be. They, they meet to hold services. All hail the lobster. <laughs> A man who was shot with a police stun gun while doused in a flammable liquid is fighting for his life in a Sacramento area hospital that burns covering 70% of his body. According to family members, Paul Jason Hall, or PJ Hall, was crying out for help when he threatened to light himself on fire in his downtown home. When Hall, who has a history of mental health issues, wouldn't drop a lighter he was holding, a police officer used a stun gun on Hall and ignited the liquid and set him on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, his nephew, uh, Spencer, said as soon as the taser was deployed, the fire fire literally hit the ceiling. Uh, and then Spencer used his knowledge as an EMT to treat his uncle while onlookers pulled an emergency responders uh, r- rushed to the scene. Uh, the officer and P.J. Hall were each taken to the hospital immediately following the fire, but Hall isn't guaranteed to recover. The extent of the burns on his skin leaves him especially vulnerable to infection, complications Jeez. of which are one of uh, leading causes of death from burn victims. Uh, the police department has not yet named the officer uh, who was involved. So, wow. Not to make light of that, uh, but did you see the meme that was circulating around um, on uh, the internet and social media yesterday? There is a guy who is profoundly drunk with another guy who's drunk, and the one guy is attempting to, with a cigarette lighter, light the other guy's cigarette. No. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Oh, no. And he keeps, like, like sort of falling forward with the lighter towards the guy's face, and the other drunk guy, like, is holding him back with oh, the cigarette no. in his mouth. Oh, my God. And this goes on for, like, Six minutes. I got to see that. Yeah. All right, and then one more story. Uh, yeah, let's go with this one. A And I sent you guys the video. Uh, a tower camera shows a car accident that actually saved multiple lives in Phoenix. Oh! The camera shows two adults pushing a stroller yes. when an SUV flat out running a red light speeds through the light and through the intersection. It was heading directly for the couple and their baby. And right before this car hits this couple and baby, another car that was obeying, just running through, going through the light, mm-hmm. uh, a green light, and slams into the side of that SUV and knocked it out of the way. I mean, did you guys see it? Yeah, it yeah. is a split second before it hits the pedestrian. That car that collides with that other car that runs the red light saves the lives yep. of the woman with the stroller. But yep. even the way the collision happened. Had the car running the red light collided into the other car, it still would have gone into... But and, it was the car and, that was going through the light, the green light, that collided with the car going through the red light that... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It like, almost looks yeah. like like one of those, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where it's it's... It just happened exactly the correct way to save their lives. Yep. The video shows the SUV colliding with the black Chevy Cruze. Uh, police say the woman driving the Chevrolet suffered non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the Jeep was arrested for DUI and aggravated assault charges, so it was a drunk driver. There you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you at this point in time. Let's take a break. Stay down. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Robot. Tool.
new music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Marcus sent this to me. Marcus in the darkest. Marcus Goldman here from uh, MMR. And I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. We we had a, a conversation that long ago about music. We were talking about songs that will make you take an alternate route on the way home, the long way home, if you will, to finish out. Just to finish hearing that song because it's so great and it's always a, an event when that piece of music comes on the radio. Right. This is similar to that, but but a little bit uh, different. And so it, it's about Tom Petty and the song "I Won't Back Down." And the song was released in 1989. It was on uh, Full Moon Fever, great record for Tom Petty. And the artist had told interviewers that people would come up to him all the time or would write to him sharing stories of how this song, with its plain spoken message of resilience and empowerment, helped steer them through difficult times. Uh, Yeah, his widow, Dana, said he told me that he heard or read somewhere that it brought a girl out of a coma. It was her favorite song, and they played it, and she came out of a coma, and that apparently blew Tom's mind. He couldn't because he just, you know, wrote this simple song. But the fact that it resonated and meant so much to people was really significant to him. Uh, Mike Campbell from the band said it's a very simple song, but a very powerful song. It's as deep as you want to go. And that was one of Tom's talents, that he could say a lot with very few words. No, that's true. There are a couple yeah. of uh, of Tom Petty songs that would fall into that category that are just simple and adroit and can influence you that way. I love songs like that that are just... Oh, my God, you just said it. Yeah. You just said it so plainly. Not a lot of, uh, you know, flowery language or metaphors. You just said it straight out. You know, I love I know one that comes immediately to mind that actually when I was, uh, when I had gone through a breakup, uh, laid it out, and I was like, I know what it it is. Say it. Heart of the matter. You got it. I knew it. <laughs> it's, and it's just, it's the economy of words. I'm telling you. The message. Yeah. It nailed it. I agree. Don Henley. Yeah. And, and it's it so plainly speaks. And he managed to make it all rhyme. And too. he made it rhyme. How the hell do you do that? These guys. But I, but I wanted to throw this out as a subject of the song that that gave you the strength, whatever it was. Because I have had moments, yeah. and I have had it when it's just come on the radio at the right moment, and it's been like, son of a bitch. Yeah. It just spoke to me. I remember one time in particular, now this wasn't like a big tragedy in my life or anything like that, but it, it motivated me to continue on with something that I that I had thought about not doing that day. So I was, it was when I was training in Krav Maga, and we were going to have our brown belt test, which was like an eight-hour long physical nightmare you needed to be well i was spurred on well i was i didn't feel good yeah I physically didn't feel good yeah can i guess the song sure we've got tonight no it wasn't we've got oh. tonight <laughs> Go that's on. for parties oh, Steve. Yeah. that's for frat parties dude. no i was i was on my way to the to the school and i just i wasn't feeling it. i had like a slight headache and right. i'm like man i think i should just fail on this and if i did it was going to be months before i could do it again yeah and then the song Uprising from Muse came on. Ah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. And it was, you know, they will not. I, I've forgotten the words as of now. Control but, us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they will, will not control, control us. We will be victorious. Yeah. Yeah. We will be victorious. And, and it, uh, I was like. 
you know what? Yeah. yeah you got this. I'm going to go see Muse. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. see Muse when they come <laughs> to town. Just... But I'm going to go home and sleep for the rest of the day. But it actually... No, I can. I know exactly what you're saying. Bizarrely, it gave me the... Uh, just this... Just, I don't know, the determination to go ahead and just muscle through it. And I did, and I passed my test. That's what, happy about it. That's what music does. Yeah. I, when it's done, listen... Uh, the most surprising thing, and we talked about this before, when someone said, I don't like music. You don't like music? There what? hasn't been one song that's ever spoken to you. There, there's a great uh, killer song that I go to all the time, all these things that I have done. Yeah. Oh, I what a great song. that song. Okay. And uh, it to me, it's just, when it comes on, it, it, I sometimes I use it as a recharge song. Okay. You know? Hang on, Casey's got it here. Yeah. Well, there's no way this one this is a good one. But this is uh, reminds me of a song I was going to mention as well because it starts off um, like, you know, yeah. like slower ballady and then it, you know, hits a crescendo. And and that one, like, you know, especially if you're doing like some like sort of like physical activity, like running or biking or something like that, it, you know, kind of gets no, your juices you, pumping. Yeah. Um, but uh, the song for me is Fix You by Coldplay. Yeah. It, the, every single time where... You know, it starts off real slow. Yeah. Oh, yes, at the end. And when it hits the end, like, uh, it, it's the music mixed with the lyrics. Uh, it, it, uh, for me, it's really, really empowering. Yeah, yeah. I love this song, too. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter has really gotten into uh, 21 Pilots. Great band. They're a great band. Yeah, they really are. I'm, I'm very surprised at how much I like them, but she is now starting to go, Dad, I'd like you to hear this song. Oh. And, and it's not just that she likes the melody of it. She's like... Here's what they're saying. I can't. I'm playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but I'm I'm impressed by number one that she's listening to the lyrical content and getting a message from it too. That's everything. I think it's really cool. Without being too melancholy or maudlin about it, um, music really helped me get through uh, the events after September 11th in 2001. And there were two records that came out. There was uh, America, a tribute to heroes, and then there was this concert for New York City. But you two did a version of Walk On on uh, America, a tribute to heroes. And I like for months after 9-11 happened, I would listen to that song and either bring tears to your eyes or just help you power through in ways that were, um, I don't know, they, talking to other people didn't quite do. Yeah. yeah. And when, when you listen to um, an artist and, and they're able to talk to you in a way that's, like, emotionally impactful, uh, it's it's lasting. Yeah. Uh, let me go to some calls. Uh, I have uh, Vanessa on the line. Hey, Vanessa, good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thank you. What's up, Vanessa? So I, when I was first listening to this, I initially thought Billy Joel is my everything. But then I thought, what has really worked for me? My my mom passed away when I was 14, and I was floundering in high school. And all of a sudden, Corey Hart's Never Surrender came out. Wow. And that's, yeah. you know what, listen, that's, uh, it's a solid song. And I mean, it, it, it's pretty simple, and it's uh, it's it's meant to be anthemic. And, and that, that did it for you? It's to this day. Listen, I'm getting choked up just talking about it now. <laughs> But it helped you. Okay, well, that's awesome. It I, really I, helped me. I yeah. never would have picked Corey Hart. Never surrender. Just a little more time is all. Just a little more time is all. We're asking for. She's singing. She's singing. Are you singing it, Vanessa? With Vanessa. Just a little more time could open. Close the door. Mm-hmm. 
I like what he said, uncertainty. Just a little uncertainty. Uncertainty. Sing it, Vanessa. <laughs> and oh, my no, God. I'm, and I'm nobody so wants to know to you now. <laughs> To never surrender, to show you how. <laughs> See, I feel inspired now. It's like nine different versions of the song going on at once. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa. All right. Thank you so much, guys. We have appreciate it. You no too. Problem. All right, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. I have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex, good morning. What's up, bitches? Yo. All right, so Alex, what song gave you or gives you the strength? Well... This wasn't me. This was my friend. This is along the lines of the uh, Tom Petty stories okay. that you guys were telling earlier. So I just finished up my freshman year at college, go Penn State, and my <laughs> friend, he took a couple Xanaxes one night, right? Yep. Not a good move, but he woke, he passed out. It was late at night. So we just put him in his bed, we brought him back, and we were bored, so we were just listening to music and kickstart. My heart came on. Okay. He instantly woke up. Jumped up like nothing ever happened. <laughs> ran out, partied the rest. Dude, you're of acting day. like this dude was in a coma. He took a couple of pills, <laughs> hey, dude. Man. Yeah, but you still. never know. Yeah, it got him going. <laughs> the crew saved his life. And he got he 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 found the strength to go party yeah. after that. Yeah, this was Whiteout Weekend, so it was when we played oh. Ohio State. Oh, Whiteout Weekend. I found the strength to go get laid. He was out from like three p.m. to three in the morning because he just. Fell down in his room on the ground. He was just like, oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, the inspiration comes from all places. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, after a yeah. couple Zanny bars, you know. Yeah. Wow. Turned and into a real bro-dozer. After seeing the dirt, <laughs> it inspires me to go out and look for a squirter. Thanks, uh, Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. Did you see uh, the movie yet, Kathy? No. Oh, yeah, you got it. You, honestly, it's it's at the very beginning. It's at the very beginning, and you don't it'll have to go blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Hey, thanks. Woo! What's up, Brian? So, um, this is about two years ago when I got my wisdom teeth out. Um, I, I just had the surgery, and uh, my mom was driving me home. I turned on the radio. I was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And the first song that was on the radio was um, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by uh, from Monty Python's Life of Brian. Okay. And I, it, it was crazy. You could, I, I almost felt the pain go away. I was singing along, and I had one of the easiest recoveries of my life. So Monty like, Python I, pulled you out of your pain. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so there you go. That's Here's an example of a unique song. That just jumped out at you, and, and you'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget the moment from the life of Brian. I'm like, oh wow, this is my song. Yeah. Right, thank you. It, it's a great song. It is a great song. Doesn't doesn't John, doesn't Bella, and does he end the show with this? Yeah. Every yeah, show. All the time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For years and years. And they're, they're, by the way, they're hanging on the crosses yes. when this seems. <laughs> and they're all whistling in the background on the crosses. <laughs> crucified. All right, Steve, I, I need you to remove your your, your blinders on this one and, and right. tell me what your opinion on this song is. All right. Because I know your opinion on the on the artist. All right. Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Oh. Uh, no, I, I'm down with that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm down with that. It gets me every time. Did I make mistakes? Yes. No, but the the um th- that is a I think that's a solid song. Nah. I'm looking at the man in Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is that? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I've never taken a good long look. No, the, the, me- <laughs> the message is uh, is is good. I'm asking you to change of of disconnecting the reputation from the artist. Yeah, I don't know if he uh, listened to any of the message no. in changing his own <laughs> approach to humanity. I've been a victim of a sister. Right, is that kind of love? I think, <laughs> you know, uh, 2020, you know, like uh, we're, a little bit remo- we're looking a little bit removed from it. Uh, I hate the song even more. I liked it back then. Okay. Uh, you don't, you now, don't, you don't knowing, like it now? Now, knowing now what I didn't know back then, I don't like that. He probably I, didn't write it. Does that make it better? Maybe a little right. bit, but I also can't listen to PYT uh, yeah, any, anymore I, either. I get what you're saying. Really? I, I yeah. guess I'm, I'm able to separate it more. And that's you know, it's just how I, I hear the song. I it's don't... a good song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I I don't I, I don't have a hard time uh, separating. I want to love <laughs> you, Pyt, pretty young thing. Yeah. Uh, the artist from the music. If I like the song, I like the song. Right. I don't really have to consider who went behind. Who, who was writing it and whether or not they were a loathsome human being or anything. I, if I like the song, I like the song. You know. It's, it's, I, I don't know, but that's. It, Whatever. That's it. Because you there'd be so there are so many reprehensible people in entertainment you'd have nothing to do. Yeah, and, and yeah. Trust uh, us, we stink. Let me go to Karen. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. So we were talking about a Tom Petty song. You were gonna mention a Tom Petty song. Yeah, actually, uh American Girl that got me through after my daughter died. Oh my god. No kidding. Um how how old was she, Karen, when she passed away? A year and a half. Oh dear Lord! Okay, how how was it that this song spoke to you then? So it's crazy. It used to be my ringtone on my phone. Yeah. And um and she danced to it every time my phone uh, rang. Okay. And um and so you know she'd be in her car seat in my car dancing away when my phone would ring and. Grab my phone at the house when my phone would ring and just dance away. And I was having a really hard time one day driving in my car, and all of a sudden I heard the song. Uh-huh. And it was like she was speaking to me, telling me, It's okay, mom. I'm okay. Wow. Yeah, it can, uh, the right song can do that type of thing. Um, yeah, and now every time I'm having a hard time, I hear that song, and I'm like, I am okay. I'm going to be okay. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. It's amazing, and you know, especially when uh, the writer didn't have that intent, uh, but it takes on what you want it or you associate it to be with, and it can, uh, you know, it can turn into something. That it wasn't meant to be. Sometimes there's songs where you don't even know really what the lyrics are, or yeah. you can't quite hash out what's going on, but it just affects you on a very visceral level. Yeah. Marissa? It happened to me over the weekend on Friday night. I saw The Offspring, and uh, Dexter came out with just a piano and a spotlight. The Pretty Fly for a White Guy? <laughs> <laughs> it really touched your heart, didn't it? I'm Pretty Fly. What a white card. Millions of peaches. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Marissa. I really didn't want that to end. <laughs> um, no, Gone Away is about a, uh, a friend of his that killed himself. Yo, oh, okay. And he um, sang it so melodically and beautifully, and I had never 
ever listen to the words like that, and I just stopped. I had chills. I I couldn't even absorb the performance. It was so beautiful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes you you don't even need lyrics for a piece of music to touch you somehow or another. I mean, like you know, the ABC News theme. I'm not a uh, I'm I'm not a religious person, but uh, Amazing Grace, a instrumental version of that song, brings me to tears. Yeah, it really can. Bagpipes. Yeah, especially bagpipes. Most of it. Speaking of bagpipes, there's a song uh, from Paul McCartney called Mull of Kintyre. Uh, that song always makes me get a little misty as well. And, uh, it, you know, it's just it, some songs have that power. I'm going to go to, is this correct? Is your name Slossy? Yeah, hey, guys. It's Flossy. Oh, no, it's Flossy. Not Flossy. <laughs> That's what it says. You've been drinking. I didn't think you were drinking. The name's Flossy. Hey, guys. Hey, Flossy, how are you? I'm probably the only one in the world that cries when I hear Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> what? Probably. Welcome yeah, to the Jungle? I got to hear this. Yeah. Okay, why? Um, Back in November when, you know, that fateful day came that I had to make a decision for our kitty cat, um, I was in that room that they bring in the back, the euthanasia room, and they were playing music, and I'm, I'm holding her, and... Uh, I'm like I'm so not in the mood to hear this rock crap right now. You know yeah. what are they? I don't I don't want to hear any music. This is our little private time. Yes, please play it. Um, and I'm I'm walking around the room and I'm holding her and and all of a sudden I hear Welcome to the Jungle and I'm like. Oh, are you kidding me? And I'm like, oh, you're going to the jungle, baby. <laughs> you're you're going to die. die. You're going to die. I mean, that's uh, not for you're anything, but what, what, what vet <laughs> clinic plays Guns N' Roses exactly. in yeah. when you need a contemplative time to be with your pet? What it, What was the Slayer? <laughs> well, they got to pump up the, the euthanasia team, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that like, Flossie, that, that's kind of weird, Flossie. That's like Steve, you know, like at a, at a, at a psychotherapist, they yeah. have like the crying room. Yeah, yeah. It's like having the Ace of Spades <laughs> and Motorhead on when you go in there. <laughs> and, and, and my husband's like, well, I mean, have, did you hear all the words to the song? You know, the part where they kind of mm. say, you're going to die. And I'm like, don't tell me oh that. I don't want to hear that. You're going to die! You don't, don't want to hear that. Baby, He's, your kitty cat is sick. <laughs> oh no! Here, here, the weird part is when I, was, when I was leaving, I was saying to the girls at the front desk, you know, I don't. Why did you have that music on? And they were like, "What music?" Oh, it, and I'm like, it was all in your head. I, it was no, 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 the devil. It, it was the devil. So they said, "Oh, we always turn the music off in there. We are so sorry." Oh, I'm oh. Like, no, you know what? I think I was just meant to hear it. It just, you know, it kind of lightens the mood a little bit. You know, you're going to the jungle, baby. <laughs> where where we get die. all of our yeah. all of our domestic cats are called from the jungle. Can yep. you please pull up the lyrics to Welcome to the Jungle? <laughs> yeah. I would like to I see. mean, th- could you think of a worse song to play while poor Flossie's grieving the loss of her cat? Exactly. It's probably the worst song, but when I do hear that song now, it's kind of... I kind of just smiled. Well, you, you you chuckled now, and it actually turned a negative into a positive. But so it did kind of work in a bizarre way, though. <laughs> I, I want to the vet clinic where they're playing Guns and Roses yeah, right. on the Muzak system. <laughs> that's that's a new one. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, I want to watch you bleed. Is one of the lines in there. Uh, if you want, you if you want it, you're gonna bleed. But that's the price to pay. And you're a very sexy girl. You're very hard to please. 
Uh, you can taste the bright lights, but you won't get there for free in the it's jungle. It's Robbie and me! Uh-huh. I want to hear you scream. Yeah, I want to hear you scream. It gets worse here every day. Well, that's just stuff that happens to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Yes, you... you uh... You definitely have a unique life, Flossie, so we appreciate it. So, interesting. Well, every time we play Welcome to the Jungle, we'd be thinking about you and your bizarre cat moment, Flossie. It's your kitty cat, baby! Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you later. Welcome to the Jungle. That was a new one. You never know what you're going to get, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's usually usually when we've had to put down animals, it's... In fact, there's probably not even music playing, much less Guns N' Roses. It's not supposed to be. Supposed to be contemplative yes. in, in a private moment. Yes, you're, you're, it's it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So why not turn to yeah, the jungle, baby? Uh, <laughs> let me go to Joe. Hello there, Joe. Hi guys, how you doing this morning? Good, Joe. So we're talking about the songs that uh, that that gave you the strength. What? Uh, oh yeah. What song? Well, there's like so many songs that go through your mind in different uh, times in your life with the lyrics, and the lyrics are very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, went through a bad breakup. We've all had those and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a lot of nastiness and ugliness back and forth. And uh, it got to the point where we're only communicating by email. So she sent me an email saying, oh, please don't do this. Please don't do that. I'm like, wow. You know, we're down to that point. We're just talking by that, and that's it. And I was just kind of sad and depressed, got out to the car um, to run some errands for work. And the one song dies down, and the Eagles... Uh, already gone comes on, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I haven't heard this in a while, and I'm listening to lyrics, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't know how much I need this. This is a song of empowerment. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? I got to get over this. I'm better than this. I'm done. She's better off. I'm better off. I'm, I'm already gone. There you go. Wouldn't it have sucked and, and, though if you found out that that was her dedication to her new boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that makes that makes total sense. No, you're right. It, it, it's it, you were on the edge of it, and yeah. then some. Basically, somebody. It almost feels like somebody was sitting next to you who knows your situation and said exactly what you needed to hear at that moment. Yeah. You know what, dude? You're gone already. For what are you worrying about? You know, the, it's the not worth it. Went down. The windows went down, the volume went up, and I started, you know, singing the song as badly as I could. <laughs> She's already gone, baby! <laughs> They're in the jungle now with a dead kitty cat! Oh, my God. Oh, that was, that was hilarious. Nice. The jungle, I felt so bad. Well, that's cool, Joe. I mean, it's, uh, this this helped you out. I I, I like that uh, that it spoke to you that way. And, and the funniest thing of all is, is um, it was one of the Philly stations, uh, and... Uh, it was uh, oh noontime nuggets over one oh two like your sister station. Yeah, yeah, it's Debbie Calton, sure. Yeah, and I yeah. love Debbie. She's great. Yeah. And, and she loves you. Here. She's told us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I sent her I sent her a text message. I'm like, you know what, just to let her know it meant a lot to me. And I left it anonymous. And when the song faded out, she read the text message and I just cracked up. There you go. And I'm like, I never even expected that. Nice. So but it was just one of those things where it's like, you know what? You're good. You're over it, and this this just helps. Just those words. Are how, how long ago was that, Joe? Well, if I told you the whole story of what's going on since then, no, you, you didn't tell, tell me how many years ago. That's all I need. You just need a date. I will. Simple question. Well, let me tell you. How long ago was it, Joe? Um, that was probably like maybe like two years ago. Okay. Trust my ancestors were farmed. Thank you, Joe. We knew that uh, when we got to the new world, that things were going to be a little difficult, but they plowed on and literally plowed on because they were farmers. (laughs) And I realized uh, a long time ago, 
<laughs> now, mind you, I'm not the kind of man who traditionally eats jerky. But, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Gone with the Wind comes out. <laughs> there's a big hubbub. You ever done that, though, when you're talking to somebody and you just, like... Then it's the 50s. Yeah. Okay. You just, just, like, you... You just start talking about their well, competitor. No, I don't think that I ever have. I've had people do it to me many times, yeah. but no. Uh, let me go next to, uh, I'll go to Chuck. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Chuck? Hey, what's going on? So, um, I would say my song is uh, Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. Okay. And uh, I was battling depression for a while. And just that whole song, like, you know, the one line, couldn't sit beside me, my only son, and listen closely. You know, it's it just reminds you to take a step back, you know, listen to what other people are telling you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Right, right. Yeah. I consider so, this uh, tonally to be a down song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is a down it's song. It's slower. It but feels th- like it's in a minor key. It but can still work. The message is just don't overthink things, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and and try to be true to your word. So I can understand that. I wonder how many of these songs were written Thanks. while the artist was depressed. You know, because so much great art comes from depression and sad times and breakups yeah. and whatever else. And, and so, Appetite for Destruction was written in a vet's office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Welcome to the Jungle yeah. was. Uh, I'm like waiting forever, trying to get my cat taken care. <laughs> no, but just the evolution oh, of a song from God. from the writing process and then helping people who are actually going through depression, like that last caller was dealing with it, and and you know, Simple Man helped them get through it. I mm-hmm. wonder. Well. Yes, I you think you. I think that's what we naturally do. We tend to, uh, uh, you know, we tend to think that the artist was at that point feeling what we're feeling, and that's, yeah. that yeah. helps get us there's, through. There's a Dave Matthews song called "Funny the Way It Is," and it talks a lot great about song. where these songs come from, and and you know how how a breakup uh, can lead to a great song, which then can lead to other people being inspired by that song, and then maybe be a good is that what that's song. about? Yeah. Funny the way that it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean there are lines in it where it talks about um, how dark times and depressing things for a songwriter. Yeah. Can lead to a really happy, upbeat song. The majority of time, I don't know what songs are about. Yeah, I like the melody and I like the the, the rhyme schemes, and I don't stop to really think about the depth of the. You have of no the, idea of the lyrical content. There's a song from uh, Passion Pit called "The Reeling." I love this song. I listen oh, I to it all the time, and and I have no goddamn clue what it's about, but sure. it makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I just kind of most of the time just go by the feeling of the music. You know, a lot of times the music is sort of going to tell me. Uh, like opposite to track. What, no, what the song's about. Now, like, uh, so I got to talk about fish because they get me through a lot of uh, stuff. We but knew we were getting there. It's okay, yeah, though. But there's a it's song. important to you. There's a song that Trey wrote about his sister who passed away. It's called Miss You. You know, and it came out after my father had died. So it, it definitely is a song that I, it, it lifts me up. It also kind of like. Uh, allows me to be sad, you know what right. I mean? And then, use, and then also, he just basically wrote an entire album over his friend who passed away. And again, it's the music uh, and the lyrics, but but mainly the music that sort of like kind of gets me... gets me uh, Emotional. Emotional and, and lifts for me Clint. up. And for Klempt is one. <laughs> but I will say, uh, every now and again when I get uh, depressed about, you know, what we do for a living and about how... You know, like maybe I'm like lacking creativity. I listen to this song. 
because no, I realized that oh I didn't rhyme funny things with funny things. Yeah. That's what, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Makes you feel better. Makes you feel better because about Because of how bad the rhyme scheme is. Yes. I tell you a song, and this has nothing to do with giving you the strength or whatever, but I was listening to it on my way down to uh, Keenan's because of... Some friends of mine, we were we were doing this project. We were creating a, a Beatles album from all their solo material. We called it the Black Album. Oh, uh, anyway, okay. so so I started uh, just for fun. I started listening to Beatles cover songs, song, bands that had covered Beatles music. Right, and Jennifer Hudson's version of "Golden Slumber." Oh my god. Casey, Makes me cry. It's amazing. Like a little biatch. Really? Oh my God. Do you have one? There? Number one, the melody and the music is so damn beautiful. Her voice is stunning. And it just, uh, I, I'm, I'm a weeping little girl by the end of that song. Oh, I see that. <laughs> Steve, by the way, the best part about it is it's a, uh, it's she's, from an animated movie. She's a llama. She's something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> I'm a llama. And the fact that she's uh-huh. singing that. Uh, this beautiful piece of music. Did you ever see Sing? I it's did, and I it's, don't remember yeah. this. It's, it's, it's I saw it once. It's yeah. not great, but the, but the music performance. They're all great. they're all part of like a, an American Idol um, kind of like that. Yeah, right they yeah. have a they have a singing competition. Who's uh, the elephant? That's uh, Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's great too. I love her in those State Farm commercials yeah. or Nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> Crank it up. Get back home. Can't believe we're playing this. Yeah. Great voice. He's amazing. Getting teared up right now. Amazing. There's actually, it's funny you should bring this up because Paul McCartney referenced, uh, he was doing a concert and it was, I guess it was oh. in Canada. Yeah, we have audio of this. Yeah, and oh. uh, the, he heard something that rocked his world. So, you know, even he gets uh, emotional. Uh, there was a, uh, a girl, I think her name is Emma, I forget her last name, but she had recorded um, Blackbird in her native Canadian, I guess it's a native tongue. Yeah. And um, it, it blew him away. So we have him talking about it. We have the, her version of it. Let's hear him talking about it first. So here we go. Tell you what, there's a, it's an incredible version that Canadian girls don't. Can you see it on YouTube? It's, uh, it's in the native language. She's done it in the language of a native tribe. It's really cool to check it out. Okay. I couldn't understand so, much of what he was saying. He, he said, I have to belch. <laughs> but I have to belch. It's, uh, but it made me belch. No, he was. He had gone on further to say that it was. It made him emotional. Okay. It was almost as if he's hearing his own song for the first time. It's, uh, it's You can't understand it. because You can't, it, yeah. yeah it's it's in, definitely different, but here we'll play a little bit of it. <laughs> Love this song, too. Yeah. Wow. Fwip dabi doobies. Now that I hear it's actually a bunch of gobbles. I mean, that's basically what I'm hearing. That's what I hear. It's, yeah. it's pretty, though. 
think what's cool is that it, it apparently still resonates, you know, even translated. Oh, resonates. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know it's about the civil rights movement? Yes. Is it? I, oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't reveal that until just a few years ago, that it was about, uh, um, I think it was two, uh, maybe two or three black women that had been unlawfully jailed and... And, uh, you know, it was, it was about their, they, uh, I, I'll have to go back and see the whole story, but it had to do with that moment in time in the 60s where, um, you know, uh, civil rights and equal rights was really starting to come to the forefront. And he did it poetically without outright saying what it was. But and Sometimes you know, take, that's more effective. Take these broken wings and learn to fly and, you know, you've been... Here we are this many years later and this young lady's turning it into gobbledygook. <laughs> no. Gobbledygook. <laughs> Everyone gives me crap for that. Tell me what she's saying. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Uh, hey, I got, I got, I got to see what this is. Let me go to Jim uh, on the phones. Hi, Jim. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Jim? Hey. So, 15 years ago, I was working for Johnson and Johnson, and uh, we were working on a new Tylenol product that's since been released. It's Tylenol Rapid Release Gels. Yeah. Uh, so I'm down in Puerto Rico. I was down there for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. My son was about four or five years old, so I wasn't seeing him away from my family the whole deal. And we were having a lot of technical problems, and I was down there with our vice president of engineering. And um, we're really dejected because we're thinking we're going to have to tell them to delay the launch and everything. And we're winding up the day around 8 o'clock at night. We're on our way to a small hole-in-the-wall restaurant uh, in a nearby town, place we always went to eat. And there was some sort of, um, I think it was a used car dealer that was having some sort of event. And as we're walking into the restaurant, we hear Rocky going the distance. Rocky going the distance. <laughs> Yeah, it's the one the full title of the song. Oh, oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. So I, I was my my boss that that totally tuned him up. He was ready to, to, to you know, <clears throat> you got to and, and so forth. And <laughs> you got a headache. Are you ready? You got a headache. You want immediate relief? Then you got that title on. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid release! Come on! Rapid release! You can't wait! Your head hurts! <laughs> but it Jim. Was the weirdest thing, and in Puerto Rico of all places, too. It was it was hilarious. Regular, I'm... regular excedrin stinks! But it, it gave you the strength because you were missing your daughter and and you you just it, it, to keep on going, right? I love you. Exactly. I miss you so much. <laughs> but that is working out. Rapid release dialogue! <laughs> Down here in Puerto Rico. Oh my God! Uh, you can't come home like that. It's like the Puerto Ricans is trying to mix the rapid release dialogue. <laughs> I hope no one's calling in for sympathy. Hey, I'm not gonna get it. Because when you got your head, it feels like it's a punching bag. You got to have me relief. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, it could Was that up on the roof? It sounds like a seizure. <laughs> you have to take a few uh, yeah. Tylenol, yeah, maybe like a billion. billion. But it's like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> it shut down your kidneys. Yes. <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, can't overdo uh, it. By the way, I'm going to play this. This is uh, for Chuck D'Amico. This is his... Uh, 
inspirational song. That gives him strength. Yeah, yeah. dude, there's a few Triumph songs that are that We've way. We've talked oh about God. that, the importance of Triumph. And if you mock us for Triumph, I know you, President, a big fan. He is as well. I am. I love this song. No, it can make you whole. It's not just a game of no. Yeah, man, they're, they're very... They have a... Working all night on my Tylenol. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Triumph comes on the radio, <laughs> yeah. and look at you, Rocky. Look oh at you go. I'm totally inspired! Yeah. Uh, uh, this part. Oh, my God. Should we play this song now, Chuck? What do you think? Chuck's in the other room. Six minutes long. This... This is a straight-ahead inspirational, yep. and it also talks about the power of music. Yeah, I'm young and I'm wild and yeah. I'm free. Got the power of music in me. And a couple of Tylenol, bitch. Yeah. All right, anyhow, <laughs> interesting uh, calls. We appreciate it. I apologize we didn't get to get to you. Allison had um, horrible, went through a horrible, abusive relationship, and the song Here's Where the Story Ends from the Sundays got her. That is a great song. I love that song. And that's a great story. Story. Uh, yeah, Dreams from Van Halen helped out Alan. Uh, also, Raining Blood from Slayer. Which is uh, when uh, he had to put down his dog. Yeah. <laughs> All the hit in the yeah. offices Which around the door. Which you prefer in your contemplation room, Slayer or Guns N' Roses? But one of the songs from the Tom Petty catalog uh, stood out above others as helping people out. And it was I Won't Back Down, an anthem of resolve. And if you listen to the plain Words of it, it certainly is. I'm just, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stand my ground and, uh, you know, and sometimes people need that little nudge, that that uh, that reassurance, and it can come from music. So it's cool. But thank you for sharing. We do appreciate the phone calls, and maybe we'll put up a poll or something. I don't know. Marissa does all that stuff. <laughs> we'll let her get on that. Make something happen online. Make something happen, for crying out loud. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Springtime is in the air early as we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Crowbot. Dirty Honey. Mongolian Metalheads. The Who. And Jackson's Local Shots Opener. Foxtrot and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, Casey's got an event tonight. It's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal in your household. It right? is, and I'm so excited because my wife, um, she, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Volunteered me. She volunteered me to be a chaperone at the seventh and eighth grade uh, Valentine's Day dance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you? I, are you? You're happy? Uh, you're... Oh no, no. So I, I would love to. That's how I want to spend my Friday night. <laughs> is uh, is sitting in a dance hall, making sure kids aren't making. Wait, out. is she going? I don't think so. Oh, so I don't just, think that's so. Awesome. No. So she volunteered you. you you're obviously being a little sarcastic. There's <laughs> not something you're looking forward to, but is there? Uh, there's got to be a little element of joy to it. Right? No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right? No, this is actually this is really cool. And I and so listen, 
my daughter's in seventh grade, all right? I started going to dances in, like, sixth grade. Okay. Okay. Right? So... This has turned into like a big deal, and this is like—is this a date? Like, does she have? Does she going? Does somebody ask her? No, but she she is getting dressed up. She got like a new dress, uh, doing her hair, putting makeup on, got her nails done. Like, you know, do that anymore? Because I remember seventh and eighth grade, we got asked to go to a dance. Is it more just like a group? You just go to the dance. Just go as a group. Maybe that's Um, it because it might. You might feel a little bit if if no one asks you. Yeah, it's both. It's it's both. Can I, I'll speak from the public school oh, please. Uh, sure. uh, perspective, yeah. but it's both. You can take a date, but a lot of people go, go. with friends okay. or, as we used to call it, stag, you know, or whatever, yeah. but but you, with you go with buddies, so with stags. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I think there's a bit of both, Kathy. Okay. But because my, my sons have been to dances, uh, but without a date, mm-hmm. and it's not odd. Like, when I was in middle school, if you went by yourself, unless it was a dance where it's known, yeah. everybody just show up and we'll be at the school and we're having a party. Right. Uh, but for the most part, everybody went with a date. Yeah, and yeah. you got, I mean, at least for me, you, you would get asked to go to the dance. Your teacher yeah. would pick you up. Stop it! <laughs> you ready to go, baby? <laughs> hey, look, I put some Tinker Toys in the back. Uh, keep you, know, you occupied. But, you know, obviously... Things, a flask of Bosco. <laughs> things change and, and things stay the same, but they, there are definitely some weird differences going into this one that, that I never experienced in any right. of my uh, going to dances days. And Do tell. One of those things is... People are asking people to dance well ahead of time. Oh. To go to the dance? No, 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 no. no. Actually, actually you're, slow oh. dance. You're filling up your dance card yeah. ahead of the dance. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, to me, that's weird. But then there was another weird aspect that they've actually shelved. They, they've taken it off the table. Um, and it's something that they've done, done in years past. The it's killing not, of the pig. It's, it's, you know, and it's not a tradition in the sense that, like, oh, we've been doing this for years. But they have done this. They, and I, I, I disagree with it. It's called the, they have a tie dance and a shoe dance. So the tie dance is they throw all the boys' ties in the middle of a circle. All right. And then the girls pull the tie out and whoever's oh, tie it is. Cute. they cute. I like they, that. Yeah, I don't. Why? I don't. Because what if you pull a tie of a boy that you don't like and don't want to dance with? Or Yeah, but um, I like that more and so nobody's left out. You don't have to do it. Uh, you, no, you, well, I don't know if you. I don't know if you don't have to do it, but they're not. You're running the thing. You make the rules. But then also, Kathy, what what ends up happening is they go, oh, okay, you're going to wear this. I'm going to pick your tie out. Oh, you're wearing those shoes. You're wearing those shoes. I'm going to pick your shoes out. And so there's a fail safe then. And then you're essentially, you're making kids dance. I I feel like, listen, if you don't want to dance with somebody, you don't ask them to dance with them. And if you do, you you, you do. Yeah, but you're. I understand the idea yeah, of the um, of your you're throwing them all into the thing. It's going to promote some some interaction. But you're saying there are people who really want to be with people already planning to do it. So I think it all it all works out. I, right? I gotta believe that you're not forced to participate in that. No, you can't. Dance! <laughs> I don't. You little bastards dance. They're not saying, look, if you don't put your tie in, then you have to leave right now. Yeah, no, it's not. I don't think it's that. But you know what? It's kind of a moot point anyway because it's not happening at this dance. Principal moot me, do you? <laughs> no, it's not happening at this dance. But anyway. I'd like to make a point. But, moot? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but to me, that was weird because, like, listen, if you went to a dance... And you didn't want to slow dance with somebody. You just didn't slow dance with somebody. I don't think you're compelled to do to do anything. If it helps promote, God Almighty. Uh, so let me ask you: How yeah. is your how is your daughter's level of nerves or her excitement? She got or, a date. 
Uh, no, no, nobody has any dates. But like the oh, big okay. thing is, um, is, is yeah, she this excited? Isn't a, this isn't a date thing. This is oh, okay. a get dressed a... up and go with your friends thing. So all the girls right. are going okay. to one. Uh, hang on, all the girls are going to one girl's house uh, because she's got a big staircase, and that's the big thing is going to get your staircase picture. All right. right. So is she excited though about oh, yeah. the part because the, the evening could move along with her dancing with some boys and, and having a good time? Yes. She's so very, she's very excited. There you go. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things. Sometimes, and you guys have kids, I don't, but sometimes do parents tend to overthink these things and, and just let the kids have fun and let it kind of work out the way it's going to work out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was wondering. So, my wife is big on dances um, and making, you know, and so. That's why she's always dancing with the TSA agents. No, she, she, she. Oh. Her, her theory is that I would hate for you two years later to... Tell the story about you didn't go to your prom or you didn't mm-hmm. go to this dance, even though they have no interest in going to the Wait, dance. Wait, but didn't prom. you not go to your prom? No, I went to I didn't. Oh, you did? I didn't you go didn't to my go. senior prom, no. Do you like... I was too you, busy selling meth. Do you regret it or do you wish you had gone or do you not care? No, I don't. I, I, it was... My my <laughs> my high school was... Um, there was so... It was like... I think my graduating class was like 1,300 people. There were also other. I, there, I went to uh, like other parties in lieu of the dance, right? You know, and that, I had a lot of fun. I, I, I guess I'm glad I went. I don't look back and go, "Wow, prom was awesome." Uh, but at the time, I remember if I didn't go to prom, I was going to feel a little bit left out, especially in my senior year. Uh, I did go my junior year uh, with a, with a senior. Believe it or not, it was her senior. Prom. Wow, uh, she was the girl that wrote my term papers. <laughs> anyway, wait, you had an older girl write your term papers? Yeah. She was a senior. I was a junior. Hey, man, your hands are all calloused. What, have you been writing term papers? Uh, anyway, uh, so I um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, at the time, I wanted to go to prom. Um, right. yeah. But if I, I don't look back and go, I'm really glad I went to prom. You know oh, what I mean? Look at this picture. Here's, I found a picture of me. This, wow. This was, I think Which this was. Which teacher is that? I want to say ninth grade, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That oh teacher God. is young. Look at you, you and him and his eyebrows must have had a great night yep, that night. That's Pete. He, yeah. yeah, he had a unibrow for. So here's at here's, like here's what you're not hearing. I'm getting some. Oh no, you're not. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve. I think he. Uh, we we had been friends a long time. He knew he wasn't getting any that night. So did you have? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I always remember having a good time. I went to. Um, all of the dances with like you know with with a big group of friends and so yeah I do always remember it as having a good time. I'm well, in the white you dress. Are a, a lovely uh, young lady. So so um so to to this point, geez, it's what you hear Casey's daughter preparing for. That's does there any I the whole thing with it, the ties? Does that seem to be an issue? Or I no? remember it as being fun. No, I I like the tie thing yeah. because I feel like then kids don't get left out. Yeah, I think so. So you might. I think it's cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I just, uh, I, I, I think there's probably positive and, and negatives for, for, you know, for the for the tie. And, Would it be better the... if they threw room keys? Now, the <laughs> way I look at it, it's, it's, you know, it's three minutes dancing together. Mm-hmm. That's and, it. That's, and, yeah. you, and dancing when you're that age is, yeah, yeah. Well, it's oh my god, loitering. I, yeah. I remember these dresses though. As now I'm looking at these pictures, um, I remember going out shopping for the dresses and like loving my dresses. Mother, I look like just like Lisa Lisa from the Cult Jam. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so I went to public school, and in sixth grade we had this thing called Junior Capers. Didn't any of you guys have that? Mm-hmm. Junior Capers was basically a formal dance, and you learned dance steps. And the boys would be on one side of the room, huh. and the girls would be on the other side of the room, and you had to wear a tie. 
I remember one kid, the poor kid, had a clip on, and some of the jerks in the <laughs> class pulled the clip on off. But it was it was pretty intimidating in sixth grade because you would literally be lined up on either side of the room waiting to dance with a girl on the other side. And this <laughs> this was sixth grade where some of the girls are starting to develop, and some of the boys, i.e. me, have not yet, you know? And so you're, it's a weird, awkward phase of that age. Dad, why don't I have breasts yet? <laughs> <laughs> I meant uh, We need to have a talk. Other stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but did... I like that sort of progression. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, you wore a jacket and a tie, and it was uh, you got dressed up, and, and in sixth grade, that was a big deal. Yeah, so we went... Listen, St. Kevin's had a dance every Friday night, so... Going to dances wasn't that big of a deal, and, and they don't. I, it, so St. Kevin's doesn't have their dance anymore. Yeah, and St. Kevin's was the place that you would go to. Like other schools tried. Uh, well, uh, other schools tried to have dances. Like I went to OPH. We tried. Right. St. Francis tried. Like, right. and they weren't as successful. St. Kevin's on a Friday night, there was a line to get in. The the entire you know church basement was packed. It was awesome. You had a great time. You, you know, you like you had your packs of schools and, you know, like we always had our one corner that we would go to and, you, and then you would interact with the. So so this wasn't by the time we got to seventh and eighth grade, this wasn't a big deal. Like, but I, I, I think well, that was the Catholic schools because we had the same is. thing, Casey. Yeah. There was the Catholic school <laughs> in our area would have the, the Friday night dance. We yeah. would all go to their dance. But ours was different. Our, that was just show up, dance, you know, go with a group of friends. Ours was, OK, ask a date to go. I have a picture of me in my eighth grade formal. Wait, me let and, me see. Me and Laurie Seafreak. Wow. White. Yeah, yeah, I wore a white tuxedo. I don't want you dating that <laughs> Preston boy. <laughs> That's eighth grade? That was eighth grade, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was the eighth grade formal. You look like a senior. <laughs> and, and Lori, man, did I get Lori. Uh, I, I got lucky with Lori. I mean, meaning that she went with me. We went I got her mom, too. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten with Lori. Lori, that's not how you please Preston. You do it like this. Lori, uh, Lori ended up being stunning, and uh, I got very lucky that she said yes. We went as friends, unfortunately, because <laughs> I had a total crush on her. But anyhow, she's a cool person. And uh, But that was... That was the first, yeah, that was the first dance date I ever had. So here's in the eighth grade. Here's the difference with this, I think, Casey, is you're juxtaposed right up to Valentine's Day, which which means it's a Valentine's Day dance. Yes. yes? So so I think that's what that adds a little extra. Oh yeah. my God, that's high school. That's your son in high school. Sorry, Carter looks so you you look yeah, yeah that's like Carter. Carter. And then we also there were there were nightclubs around here that had preteen nights. So uh, what what is now known as Tom and Jerry's in in Woodland. Used to be called Discovery and Thursday nights at Discovery, uh, it was preteen night, and well, so you could go there. Wasn't I mean, the whole episode about pulsations, right? Was yeah, the, pulsations. I believe Sunday was um, for uh, you know like birthday parties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, <laughs> scooters, which is the now the Barnabys on uh, on McDade Boulevard. That was another place, uh, you know, and that's where I learned how to dance. You know, like I'm like. You're a good dancer too. Did you did you did you get taught did you get taught dancing? Because we, Preston, did you have to do square dancing in school? Of course, we, we did didn't it. do that. It was For, part of gym. It was part of goddamn gym. Yes, I'm there. I'm showing up. Hey, has anyone heard of basketball? He, the, the teacher comes in with the record player. I'm like, oh, here we go. But here's the thing about that, Steve. I remember it lasting a couple of weeks, and like the first couple of days, it was horrible. But it started getting competitive as as mm-hmm. the as the the time went on, and we actually started because they would. Uh, I'm going to dosey do your ass off. <laughs> it actually, it after a while, it got to be fun. It yeah. was, bizarrely, at least to me, it was. I remember though we had so we had the, actually a, a gym teacher actually ended up in a relationship with one of the the the, the kids, um, which is a whole another story. Wow, this guy was a lunatic. So he was a part um, pedophile and partly Ermy. 
So he would oh, write, you know, with a magic marker writing left and right on your hand. He's barking out square dancing commands to kids who are like, well, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm not from the Ozarks. That's here. not a good combo. No. Yeah, part yeah. the Ermy no. and part pedophile. <laughs> no. But, I mean, all of my dancing I learned by watching, you know, music videos and stuff like that. And, you know, I think the best thing that ever happened to me was The Running Man. That was that was an easy pop, popular movie. No, no, oh. that that was the. Dance You're going movie. to learn how to dance. Yes. This is the Running Man. Thank best. you for coming to the film early today. We're going to show you how to dance. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the Running Man was a dance move. It's, it's kind of like called the, the caterpillar. The kids with the floss and all that stuff that they do now. But I remember where I was where, uh, it finally clicked. Um. You know, moving my body to the beat of the music, and that was at Discovery, and I was like, "Oh my God!" You know, yeah. this uh, this is awesome. Well, you could dance, and that makes a difference. But what for the kids who don't? Uh, I, I've I really didn't go to a lot of dances. I think maybe square dancing scarred me, but it is it's a rite of passage. Did you guys have Sadie Hawkins dance? No, no, yeah, we I had them. I never went to them. Yeah, uh, you know, what, That's a lot where of the times, girl asks the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ever we ever asked to a dance by a girl? Uh, no. Okay. I, didn't, I I went to the Sadie Hawkins dance, but I didn't have, I didn't have a date. Uh, hang on, <laughs> let me go to uh, Kathy on the phone line. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. What's up, Kathy? So I grew up in Central Hopkins, the number one town, and <laughs> we had um, <laughs> we had the Fellowship House, which was in the center of like three Catholic grade schools. So we had St. Mary's for the Polish people, we had St. Cardinals for the you know Italians, and then of course St. Mark's for us Irish cool people. Um, we all had a dance at the fellowship house, so we got to meet all of the hot kids from the other schools, and we all came together as a dance. We also had our grade school dances, which were boring, but we all came together at the fellowship house, and then, you know... So you had, like, inter-school dances? Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. That, yeah, we, we, ne- yeah, we never had that throughout all of my school. Never well, had... That's what, was uh, Kathy Rear School's um, uh, girl school only, or was it already... No. It was co-ed already, had, okay. Because I remember in, in my band, we would play when the the boy Catholic schools and the girl Catholic schools would come together for mixers. Yeah, you'd play so, for them? So we'd play yeah. those. The yeah, image? We'd, yeah, yeah. We'd really? Play, we'd play wow. Those things, yeah, which were a lot of like, fun, so actually. Like, the Irish, you know, yeah, no, so we all came together. Like, I mean, the schools were small. Like, we, you know, St. Matt's had, like, 24. Yeah. St. Mary's had, like, maybe 10. Um, so it was cool because you got to meet, you know, the Dagos, you got to meet the Pollocks, and then you had us. <laughs> Wonderful names, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that was, that was the, those were the churches. It was it was the Italian church, it was the Polish the, church. Yeah. Did she say yep. Pollocks? And, and Dagos. Dagos. Yeah. Is that the actual name of the school? The, the different time in 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a different time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where can my where can my daughter go to meet some nice dagos? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I, I would refrain from using that. Uh, yeah, Kathy, I, I'm going to say Mick because I'm Irish. I got to cover myself. Uh, thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. I remember like feeling. It's just great to keep kids segregated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by country of origin, you don't want a mixing. I remember feeling safe going to St. Kevin's dances, and and a buddy of mine uh, who lived in Prospect Park. Uh, he uh, he was going to a, a dance at the VFW in Norwood. He was like, yo, come to this dance. And, and I went, and I was so scared that I was going to get in a fight. I was in, like, seventh grade. I don't re- I don't know why. What, I was... Where were you in, son? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Hey, uh, I saw small soldiers. <laughs> Marissa just brought in a, uh, a good question. All right. What was oh. the final song? Okay. Uh, that they would play, and you don't have to remember a specific dance like prom or anything like that. But what what would have been the last song played of the night? I remember a, 
I was only in fifth grade, mind you, and I went to the uh, mixed school. I went to 4-H camp, and they had a like a nightclub okay. at, at, uh-huh. in the evening for the kids to come and dance and mix and everything. And and so I remember, oh, there's a girl. She was so cute, and I wanted to ask her to dance. I was too afraid. Still, you know that haunts me yes, to yeah, this yeah. day. And so I was waiting for a slow song, and they played, and I was going to go ask her to dance. And so the last song that was played, and granted, this was 1978, something like that, and um, or 1979, and it was a Last Dance from Donna Summer. Oh, sure. really? Yeah. Yes. But the thing about Last Dance is, is about one quarter of the way through the song, it hits a disco beat yeah. and turns uh-huh. into an up-tempo thing. Picks so up. by the time I'm walking over to the girl yeah, yeah. to go and ask her to slow dance, so let's dance, <laughs> yeah. the let's dance. dance. <laughs> God damn it, I missed it. I missed it. And then it. you have to turn around and go back to your chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dancing on my way back. There were two that I remember. Uh, Stairway would creep up a lot, which wow. is also mm. a weird one to end with because it starts off slow. And, and then, then we ride yeah. on down the road. But uh, especially at, uh, and Marissa and I went to this summer camp called Camp Taqua, and we would have dances at summer camp, and it would always end with Stairway there, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was odd. And then, uh, but uh, prom theme was Wonderful Tonight, Eric Clapton. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's what it would end with. Nick, somebody was wondering if it was uh, We've Got Tonight by Bob Seger. <laughs> that, was the, my, that was the prom I had in my basement by myself. <laughs> that was for frat parties. <laughs> yeah. Here's Last Dance from Donna Summer. Yep. I love it. This is still good. Yeah. I, at the end I, of the I party. still like this song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, it's, a, I, it's a magical night. Last a lot of people are texting in Stairway. Really? Yeah. That was never the last one for us, but that was always in there. And remember the girl I went to school with made out with her dance for the entire length of Stairway to oh Heaven. God. The entire song. <laughs> I, and I won't say her name on the air. That's <laughs> a good run. And the next song, and I can't remember what the next song was, but Stairway to Heaven was like, dude, I don't mind saying her name, but uh, like she in that the entire so I, I think the entire makeout session was almost like fifteen minutes of straight French wow. kissing. Yeah, because okay. it was the so, live version from Madison that, Square Garden. Yeah. That's what you did back <laughs> then. You kissed as long as you possibly yeah. could. He, this yeah. was the, this was the last dance song for us. If okay. you guys remember this, one. let's hear it. All right, this one's called "At This Moment." Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Billy Vera and the Beaters. Mm-hmm. Beaters. Yeah, that's a, that's a. It's definitely that is a good what last song. You think I would say <laughs> at this moment? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember this, Kathy? This ended up in an episode of Family Talks. Yes, did they it? did. If we could have the boys and the girls on the no. tour, please. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, it was a heartbreaking moment. Alex didn't know if he was going to stay with, uh, what's her name? Courtney Cox. Yes. No, 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 no. Tracy Pollan. Tracy Pollan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they ended up with Courtney Cox a few seasons later. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was, like, so sad. It was so sad! Okay. Oh, and everyone song. was in love with this song until they saw actually saw Billy Vera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go to uh, a few calls. I have Jennifer on the line. Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Hi, good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's okay. all right, Jennifer. What was the, the last song of your dance? That Always and Forever. That it, always, it, it, and always and Forever. Yeah, that's all. Forever. Forever. Yeah. It's gathered. Always <laughs> and Forever. Wait a minute. Who did that song? I, I, uh, you, you would have to sing like it. James Lee. Ingram or? Uh, no, 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 no. It's a chick. Wolf oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of All Cried Out. Damn it. Um, yeah, yeah, that was another one. Yeah. All cried right. out. Okay, thank you, yeah, Jennifer. All cried out. Appreciate thank it. You. All, all right. right, bye. Uh, let me go next to Kara. Hi, Kara. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, Kara. Uh, so, is this your prom you're talking about, or just a standard dance at school? It was. It was my eighth grade formal. Oh, okay. And um, it was one more night. 
One more night. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, Phil Collins probably has a couple of uh, dance closers. Were you dancing with someone when that song came on? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a boy who we were a date. It was a date to our eighth grade dance, and um, he came with a black eye. <laughs> he came with a black eye with a with a, with a black eye or a black guy. A Moses Malone. Black, black eye. eye. Okay. <laughs> I thought she said a black Jeez, guy. So did I. Is oh, that okay. Joe Frazier? I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> then he did. He yeah. goes I like to dance. Yeah. yeah. I came with a black eye. What's happening no, today? No. I don't know. This is the most <laughs> Thank racial you, Sarah. dance segment we've ever had. We're breaking down barriers. Yes. Uh, let me go to. I came with a Swede. Christy. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> so tell us about your dance and the final song. What would it have been? It was actually a dance I went to with my youth group. Okay. I was like 16, and I never danced with a guy. Um, it was the last song, I wanted to dance with him, so I asked him to dance, and it was Kissed by a Rose from Seal. Okay. Oh, well, that's oh, a, I love that uh, song. In the 1990s, early that's 1990s. That's from Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll always remember that song now. <laughs> That's, that's a, that's a, that's pretty, a pretty good one. Yep. That's, okay. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate that. Uh, How about go. the bat dance from the original Batman movie? <laughs> Batman. <laughs> uh, let's go to Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So what would have been the last song of the night for you at your dance? Our, our last song at our eighth grade dances was Always Nights in White Satin. Nights in White Satin? Yeah, a bunch of eight. Yeah, yeah, how old are you? Breathe deep and gather in gloom. Right. Watch lights fade from yeah. every room. Maureen, what did you do in the poetic portion of that song? <laughs> bathroom break. Um, Sway back and forth. They'd start yeah. crying. Yeah, the nuns were watching us, so we just had our arm on each other's shoulders. Bed the people look back and lament. What's he say? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Maureen, did you kiss anybody that night? Oh, that's so long ago. I don't even remember. All right. Thanks for your call. That means we appreciate no. it. Uh, well, we did like the, uh, you know, the butthole. Like if you were dating. What did you do? <laughs> you said the butthole. Butthole. Oh, my God. We would do the butthole. At, you know, when the uh, black the, guys at came. At the end of. Um, <laughs> is going on. <laughs> Everybody. Do the butthole. Everybody, now it's time to do the stuff with your butts. You guys are talking about backside stuff. Casey nearly spit out all the smoke. I now, in the punch up. bowls, we have a whole bunch of lubricant. This should make it easier. Oh my God, oh. Do we have the hustle anywhere? <laughs> yes. Do the butthole. Do, 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 it's not what it sounds like. One more butt. You guys were advanced. <laughs> we we did do like that. Do the butthole. Oh my God. The youngsters are really enjoying their buttholes. Do the butthole. <laughs> do the butthole. Okay, so you do the butthole. I mean, never mind at this point. Oh. No, yes, where the if you were dating the guy you were dancing with, you know, the guy would put his Stand hands to do the butthole now. <laughs> do the butthole. <laughs> and who's up for some old fashioned finger blasting? <laughs> so wait a minute. Explain to me what the butthole is. It's your, your it, Yes, Hang on, the I hands would be instead of on the waist, they would just slide down a little bit and hold the girl's butt. Grab yeah. the butt. Okay. <laughs> were, were, you, were you constantly under the watchful eye of a, of a like a 
a proctor or somebody who was... There was always teachers there, but uh-huh. I don't think it was as strict. They couldn't as, see everything, right? It wasn't as strict as the nuns watching at those dances. <laughs> well, that's no, why, seriously. But yeah. that's why the St. Kevin's dances were so great, because they were so crowded that, like, all right, you can't... I'm too tired to worry about your buttholes. <laughs> you, you can't watch everybody. And so people, I mean, if you remember Revenge of the Nerds, remember Booger? Yeah. At the uh yes, at yeah. the Lambda yeah. House. Yes, yeah. I mean, sometimes the butthole it, it was that it was that bad. Wow. Yes. I'm gonna go to Craig. <laughs> we're hey, we're getting out of the butthole, Craig. Okay. And we're moving on to you. What's up, buddy? Oh, God. So I was at four or five different proms at different schools, but mine in Quakertown, nineteen eighty eight, was never say goodbye by Bon Jovi. There you go. Yeah, that's a that's a standard. That's a good power ballad right there. Never say goodbye. goodbye. Never say goodbye. Yeah. All right. Now everyone Thanks, cup Craig. each other's buttholes. <laughs> All right, see you, man. Uh you, you it's funny when you are of when you're in this point in your life. It, that music raises it to a. He's right. This is the most magical night yeah, ever. Yeah, it can, you it know, so um, and you, you don't realize you have, uh, God willing, many decades left. What's the process to get that audio as quickly as possible? Because I, I need to hear <laughs> Kathy say that. Uh, it's fifteen minutes. Well, oh, Preston would have to take uh, turn off all the mics real quick. Okay. Uh, you know what, Preston? Why don't you? Uh, we'll just do uh, it in the break. How's uh, that? What? The, what? I'll turn off all the mics. You turn off all the... Why is this... Does it only take a moment? Uh, It's only going to take a moment. Three seconds, she says. Ladies and gentlemen, just pause for three seconds and think about the butthole. Okay, that ought to do it. Thank you. What were we we just listening to? That's always in forever. Is that what they're saying? If it was a TV and the graphic would pop up, you would see like a a hand-drawn proctologist working on someone's butt. (laughs) All right. (laughs) One moment, please. All right, this was Luther Vandross. Luther. Ah. I think I was a great singer. Uh, Hang on, let me go to a couple other calls here. I'm going to go to... uh, All right, Lauren's been on hold for a little while. Hi there, Lauren. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, we're talking about final song of uh, of your dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What would it be? Uh, my last song was uh, that country song, I Got Friends in Low Places. Oh, uh, Garth Brooks, right? Blamed it all on my Brooks? roots. Yeah. yeah. Showed was... up in boots, <laughs> ruined oh your black tie affair. Mm. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, it, it starts awful. off like a ballad, and then it turns Everybody... into... Everybody raise your beards up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got my hands all over your butthole. <laughs> I got hands all over your butthole. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, my God. Because I got hands all over your butthole. Let me let me go to Eric. Hi, Eric. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Eric? What's up? What song would you like to add to our collection? Uh, I seem to recall Careless Whisper. Oh, mm, yes, of course. Wham. Yeah. 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 Wham. Wham. Uh, that's, that's a good one. That's nice and slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate that song. But guilty feet have got no rhythm. So if you saw bad dancers, then they were uh, okay. <laughs> 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 
Hang can on. you can somebody explain to me what that means? Does that mean anything? Guilty feet have no rhythm. Yeah, it's filling out the lyric requirements of the melody. <laughs> oh okay. no, it says I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. So the guy was, I think, cheating on her. And... I submit to you and to the court that this man's feet have guilt written all over them, and so he can't dance again. I don't know. It's a metaphor. That's it for rats. I'm going to go to Chris. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Hey, man. What's up, guys? Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right. So the last song to play at the dance. The one I always remember was uh, Casey and JoJo. Mm-hmm. All my life, I've been someone like you. I know that. I know that one. And I thank God that I that I finally found you. I have a no, I know another one that's uh, I've waited all my life. For you. Wrong song, though, right? No. Different song. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking a happy birthday. My yeah. ex-girlfriend's father arrested uh, Casey and JoJo. Thanks really? Would he have a vendetta against them? <laughs> no. They I'm were bringing them in. Pot in their car. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are they a local? Were they local? Yeah. They, uh, well, this happened, I guess, in North Jersey, so Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay. I'm bringing them in. All right. That's his claim to fame. He's <laughs> got a little plaque. Barry I hunt Casey Wal- We got to get Walker on this. <laughs> I'm going uh, after Donnie and Marie. <laughs> I only arrest singing duos. All right, we got we got to wrap this up shortly. I'm going to go to Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Melissa. What was that closing song at the dance? Open Arms by Journey. Now, well, that's got oh, to be that's the ultimate, the Paramount, right? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. well, the song has lived on again and had many rebirths. Is it still a popular song to play? Um, probably not. I mean, it's it's. I don't wonder if it's so classic that it's, you know, because now that you have a whole bunch of, of younger kids listening to Queen, yeah. did, did Journey make the jump? I, I don't think it's uh, translated. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I but, mean, even during the well, butthole days. No, nah, you, know, you know what has is is uh, Don't Stop Believing. I think the, uh, oh, the younger right, generation yeah. know that song, but open arms. Yes, you're right, probably. So now I come to you with open arms. I mean, that was... I mean, that was the ballad right there. All right, don't get too close. The Italians and the Polish, please stay apart the way we intended it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, interesting. I wonder what will be the closing song tonight, Casey. What, you, what, <sighs> if you were to guess. Okay. If, Are you excited? Uh, whatever. Listen, I just hope that they have a TV in there so I can watch the Sixers game. Are you going to suggest? Are you going to suggest a closing song? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's. I'm going to. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, I'm, it's like I'm going to be like a ninja. I'm not even going to be in. You know what I mean? I don't want. Even, I don't want my presence known whatsoever. Wow, you're gonna you're gonna have zero purpose tonight. Then are, aren't you? Are, I mean, what as a chaperone are you supposed to do? Have they given you your duties? I don't know. I don't You're no. supposed to make sure they're not doing the butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do the butthole. I actually. <laughs> what? Um. So my my daughter, I want to say it was earlier this week. Um, it was a, it's the first time in her life where she basically said, "You embarrass me." I was like, "Whoa, oh. you're your you're oldest?" Yeah. And do you remember um, what was the cause of that embarrassment? It was, you know, what was weird was her. She it started. It basically started with a compliment. Oh, my friends like you. They think you're funny. But, and, but I don't. Yeah. And she, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're like, you're, an, and she uh-huh. said you're annoying. And I was like, oh, that cuts And deep. this was like, 
This was unprompted. This was unprompted. I was just simply driving her to play practice or something like that. And I was like, oh, man. Like, it stung. It stung. I haven't had it said to me. It has been clear by body language Mm -hmm. that dad... Mm-mm. Not, Aww. not now. By the yeah. boys or by the boys because okay, they're old yeah. enough. Caroline's almost here. I told you, you know, like that's gonna give, kill you. Giving me a kiss in front of her friends is uh-uh, that ain't happening Aww. anymore. But whatever, you know. And then it, I think she realized that like she hurt my feelings, and she's like, "I'm just messing with you." And I'm like, mm, <gasps> "No, you're not. No, you're not." By the way, we're setting up a Lyft account for yeah. you so you can go to all your. Yeah. It's a whole different topic. Yeah. It's a whole different topic, but I mean, my dad didn't care that I said that, and he continued to embarrass me my <laughs> entire childhood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe that made him uh, even more. Uh, uh, his mission was on point now. Oh well, yeah, and now that, you little bitch. But now that I look back at it, I find it yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah, right. yeah. No, he and he's obviously well, a great guy. Maybe it'll be a great night, Case. You'll have to give us a report on that next yeah. week. I right. wish I could like. Uh, uh, no. Film it? <laughs> no, 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 no. You were asking about the last song. I'm like, man, I'm just not hip right now. I don't know. You are, but you'd, you'd pick something a little bit. You'd probably pick something. Uh, who knows? I don't you know. know what the current ballads would be that would be a good closing Maybe song. Maybe like something, an Ed Sheeran song or something? Ariana an Ed Sheeran Grande, song. Yeah, that'd yeah. be up there. Yeah. All right. Maybe uh, Ariana Grande. All right. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, thank you for the calls. We appreciate it. Uh, we have got to take a break. We'll return shortly. Make sure you stay with us. All right. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. The Bizarre File brought to you by New Jersey Transit Police Department, reminding you that we all need to work together to keep our transit system safe. Report suspicious activity to 1-888-TIPS-NJT or text your report to NJTPD. A Florida gas station owner has placed a sign in his store asking customers not to warm urine in the microwave. Oh. Well, how are you going to warm it? I know. How, what did they expect of you? Stovetop, like they used to do in the olden days. In a big pot. Yeah, in yeah. a big pot, but not, it's, that's still a lot of work. Perel Patel says that he's become sick and tired of people walking into his BP gas station and on-the-fly convenience store in Jacksonville to warm their containers of piss. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Is he putting up a fuss over the turd chiladas? I There's no word on that. <laughs> uh, the store is within walking distance of two labs... Though one says that it doesn't collect samples for drug tests. Uh-huh. Uh, Patel says that the people walk in off the street, they microwave the urine containers, and then they leave. Warming urine from uh, someone who hasn't taken drugs is seen by some as a way to help pass a drug test. Uh, Patel says that a woman became aggressive a few months ago when he asked her not to warm her urine, and she asked to see a sign that says it's not for that purpose. Uh, this is still America, isn't it? Uh, so he made one right then and there. I, I'm sorry. Me as the consumer would never use a microwave that had a don't heat up your piss sign on it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So anyhow, he's had to do it because people were doing it. Yeah. Um, all right. I think just get rid of the microwave at this point. <laughs> Some cyclists in North Carolina were nearly hit by a flying deer after the animal was struck by a car, and it was all captured on video. The collision occurred as Peter Fleur and four friends were finishing a 45-mile bike ride. 
Uh, mounted cameras on the front and rear of Fleur's bicycle captured the incident. As the group approached an intersection, a large deer sprinted across the road in front of lead cyclist Missy Mansfield and was struck a split second later by a dark-colored Audi traveling in the opposite direction. The car sent the deer hurtling through the air and back across the double yellow line. Cyclist Melanie Norris can be seen ducking while trying to keep her bike steady. She said, I look up and I saw this thing flying at us. Uh, Fleur said afterward, for a few seconds, I didn't even know what it was. It just happened so fast at that very instant. We just didn't know. Uh, Fleur said he believes the deer did not survive, but can't be sure. The driver of the Audi uh, continued on without stopping. You feel so bad when you see it. You know, we yeah. used to see it all the time when we were out in media, Preston. Yeah. And uh, there was a stretch of road where you'd see him get clocks. It's just, just horrible. I don't this, think there's any way that this deer survived. Yeah, I no. think you're right, Nick, and that's the one thing that's making me okay with this. But this deer almost... It killed her. Almost killed yeah. one of the bikers. And man. it has happened where a deer that that has hit a vehicle has yep. gone through the windshield and killed the driver. Most definitely. Uh, I printed a picture of this so you guys can see it here in the studio. Yay. You may have to do a little research and check on it for yourself at home. But America's reigning hickey king was sentenced this week to his latest run-in with the law. This is his mugshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys would Stop like to it. see that. It's a lot of hickeys. Oh my Someone's very romantic. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Kentuckian Micah Musser was placed into a five-year diversion program in order to enter a rehab treatment facility once a bed becomes available. Uh, Musser pleaded guilty last month to burglary and criminal mischief charges filed after his recent arrest or his arrest in late March. Uh, he's been locked up in the county jail since his collar. Now, he first appeared last year when he was arrested by Louisville cops who discovered him and several teenage runaways inside an abandoned building. Police reported that the floor of the boarded-up property was strewn with empty alcoholic beverage containers. When booked into the county jail last June, Musser's neck was adorned with an array of fresh hickeys. I'm popular with the lady. When busted in his most recent criminal case, his neck had returned to a pristine state. But he looks... He looks like a leopard around his neck. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you report that um, it can kill you? It can kill you. Yeah, if if somebody is giving you a hickey and they do it on your, uh, you know, arteries, artery yeah. or something like yeah. that, it can it can be bad. It can be very very bad. Uh, a newcomer to San Francisco has created a free app to make it easier for people to report poop <laughs> and use needles on the city's famous... It's a beautiful city, that's dirty, San Francisco. Dirty streets. Hey, everybody. Absolutely. Hey, it's, it's Tony to Bennett. Be back. Absolutely. Tony Bennett. Poop and hypodermic needles. God, I miss that city. Uh, sh- Sean Big Miller. piles of poop, and then you can adorn them with the used hypodermics and build little forts. It's wonderful around the holidays. Sean Miller. Just get close to Christmas and hang tinsel around the hypodermics that are sticking out of the huge poop piles. <laughs> Christmas in San Francisco. You could fashion a tree out Absolutely. of poop and then have the, the hypodermics. Hey, watch this, Rockefeller Center. We got your beat. Uh, 50 feet high pile of poop with hypodermics and glittering balls. It's magical. <laughs> Sean Miller moved to San Francisco. Um, from Vermont. Don't com- worry if you run out of hypodermics. There's probably a dead bum next to you with one in his arm. <laughs> Just pull it on out and add it to the decorations. Magical, that city. 
Sean Miller moved to San Francisco from Vermont after college last year and says that he was astonished by the amount of public grimes. Streets are paved with poop and hypodermics, <laughs> as promised. His his Snapcrap app yeah. uh, was released over the weekend for iOS users and declares itself the fastest way to request cleaning in San Francisco. He said, basically, the app's description said, see something gross, just snap a photo and press submit. Uh, the photos are passed to the That's city. That's what I usually tell my dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> the photos are passed to the city's public works department and Tony Bennett. Absolutely. As uh, Which has its own 311 app and reports uh, feces and trash as well as potholes and graffiti. What about vomit? I don't know about vomit. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, the last time I was in San Fran, I, uh, I was in I a restaurant. he's better than that. <laughs> I was grabbing breakfast. And in the stall next to me, a homeless gentleman walked in, yeah. got sick all over the stall, and right. then went in and took a bath in the sink. Mm. Uh, was Call cool. me when you have something about poop. <laughs> <laughs> Miller, who lives and works downtown, says uh, that uh, downloads have been in the few hundreds as of now. Hey, uh, it's fall. It's time for the annual poop walk. A San Francisco leader. as far as you can see, adorned in the colors of the season. <laughs> San Francisco leaders have been grappling with the uh, state of the city's dirty streets. You know what's great, Preston? As the blood dries on the hypodermics, it gets that auburn color we associate with the changing of the leaves. <laughs> then as the turds get bleached in the San Francisco sun, oh, it's glorious. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I left... My uh, San Francisco leaders have been uh, grappling... I gotta get back there and Take a poop. <laughs> With the state of the city's dirty streets, and there were more than 24,300 requests last year for human waste cleanup. Wow. I got to say, um, how many? 24,300. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Nick, I, I know that people who have been there recently who say, now mind you. It depends where you are. In the where city, you are. In, in, in the, in the yeah. very, in the areas that rely on tourism. It's God. a it was. It's has been one of the most beautiful cities to yes, walk around. I love it. But it's, dear God, yeah. I saw some shots of the press and you would have thought you were in a third world country. It's yeah. horrible. I believe it. I mean, listen, the well, I mean, it does get kind of cold, but in, in some spots in California, it's outdoor all yeah. the time. And, you know, almost as a solution. Poop away. Yeah. Poop away. Liceroni. Really makes you regular, you know. Pooparoni. Pooparoni. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco treat. <laughs> Cable cars, Golden Gate Bridge, and poop as far as you can see. Miller says he's adding features to the app and hopes to work with the city to improve a very San Francisco problem. So, all right. Uh, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file. Thank you. I was hoping that Tony. <laughs> oh, Tony would have to come back. I included that story hoping that Tony would make an appearance this morning. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And 
minutes brought to us by the Philadelphia Fishing Show at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, February 21st through 23rd. All things freshwater, saltwater, and fly. phillyfishingshow.com for more info. Let's step into the world of Steve Morris and what do you have for us today, Steve? Well, Jada Pinkett Smith revealing in her latest episode of Red Table Talk that she was heavily addicted to watching porn before her relationship with Will Smith. Jada says she knew things had gone too far when she caught herself watching porn while inhaling whippets, figging, and sitting on top of a Tickle Me Elmo. Oh my God. 69-year-old music impresario David Foster filing for a marriage license in order to tie the knot with girlfriend 34-year-old Catherine McPhee. Foster says that despite the 35-year-old age difference, the two have so many common interests, including helping him in and out of cars and spoon-feeding him oatmeal. Hey! And finally, even though voice contestant Malin Jarman, also the winner, is completely deaf in her right ear, she says it was actually an asset while competing on the series. Jarman says the deaf ear is the one she would turn to the judges when they started that freaking annoying fake fighting yeah. stuff. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash. I, I wanted to mention this because uh, yeah. Casey brought this up the other day, and then Marissa sent me a screenshot of this as well, and something that resonated with these guys, and I totally understand yeah. it. Kathy reacted to it, and we mentioned this as well. Uh, our friend Pat House, uh, local comedian, great. Yeah. Love Pat House, had tweeted out the following words uh, on October 4th. He wrote, women that haven't seen each other in a long time is the worst sound on the planet. Oh, my God. Oh! You yep. know it right? when you hear it. Every day. Yeah. Yep. You hear the squeal, it goes up. And uh, and then, you know what, for me, you, you amp it up because it starts out as that. It starts out as genuine, and then you're like, we sound ridiculous, but we're going to keep doing it. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, underneath, uh, God, I hate this bitch. Oh <laughs> Right, exactly. No, I think that, well, at least for me, that, like, annoying scream is is genuine when you actually see somebody that you are excited to it's see. It's involuntary. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. But then it leads into the whole back and forth I mean, thing, which is hilarious. Yeah, like my friends and I will amp it up because uh-huh. we know we're, we're doing that. <laughs> I believe it. So, Pat, he um, obviously is a comedian, but he also attends bars. So, I think he probably hears that sound quite a quite bit. Quite a lot. Right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Getting together, yeah. yeah. You are right. If for people who work in the food service industry in general, not mm-hmm. just at the bar, but at a restaurant yeah. where people are meeting up or just happen to run into each other. Because it's never, oh, Chuck! I know. You probably hear that. Eddie! So uh, this leads to the question of what are some other sounds uh, that drive you crazy? And I would I would say person-based sounds, right, human right, being-based right. right. sounds. I'll give you one, and I'm probably going to catch some crap about this. Oh, no. right. oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Eagles chant. When there's not a, any anything that has to, to do, do with, with the, the Eagles. Eagles at all, okay, and that breaks out, and I'm like, oh, shut up, you chuckleheads. Uh, oh. See, I I disagree with you, but I I knew, I, yeah, uh, that because I, I love it. I, I love it at Phillies games. I love it at you know outside yeah. of the the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I at Wakes, it's the best, you know. Um, but I will say, yeah. But I will say, peps you up immediately because I do listen to sports talk from time to time. I can't stand it when it's one person on the phone chanting it. I'm like that, just uh, like because they try to sound like so tough, but I'm like you're one person over a phone line. Yeah, it sounds lame. You know what it is? Yeah. It is really a group thing. When yeah. you're at a uh, when you're at a Dave Matthews concert, the, the best. Not the time for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let me ask you, so what about Slayer, screaming Slayer? 
I never really hear it. It's always okay. cool, though. Uh, I mean, I, I hear it us jokingly doing it. Right, right. yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's nah. not like you're out and hearing that. Yeah, like you hear the Eagles chant for real. Everywhere. Like mm-hmm. at, at an Eagles game or, or things that pertain to yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't I mind it. it as much, but I get it, especially yeah. if you're in like a Christian science reading room. Right. Um, and it breaks out. But with the women who haven't seen each other in a long time, that sound, when, when I read that tweet, I immediately, in my mind, I, I could envision... And hear that sound, and everybody could hear. You know, yeah. Kathy, you automatically did what what I imagined was that sound. If you recall, the Bachelor from years ago was uh, the Trista Bachelor, Bachelorette, oh, yeah. I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we used to have a whole bunch of clips of her saying hi to people. Hi. She would, hi. Yeah, I remember hi. that. She never would just say hey. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was always like hi. hi. Yes, yes. We'll go. So, but we do it jokingly. But but I'll go over the top. Like uh, even Mar- Marissa Rycroft was that her name? <laughs> um, no, that was a different. <laughs> oh, oh, that yeah, that's yeah. a different one. Okay. But Trista, it was it was definitely the Trista. Trista. Yeah, Trista. Was, yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll do. <laughs> like my friends and I will do. Uh, hey, girl. But not that's a, we're not serious. Right, we don't actually right. talk like that. Like if it was a serious situation, <laughs> or my brother will call me and uh, hello, hey girl. no, and he'll be like, "Hey, sis," <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We just go over the top with it. Uh, one mm-hmm. thing I don't like, uh, you know, and uh, some people um, uh, laugh talking. Oh my god, laugh yeah. talking. Oh my god, like, what I just do you don't even know what you're talking, <laughs> Marilyn. <laughs> I I love Marilyn to death, but she'll do that periodically. Yeah, we had, we had a boss, uh, an old program director, who would tell you something and be like, and then the guy came and he said that he had no And you couldn't understand what the yeah. last thing he Either said. Either you're laughing or you're talking. He was laughing through what he was saying. And I'm like, no, I have no idea. What, what was the punch? Knock it off. You were yeah. laughing your yeah. way through it. If it's so funny, you're going to laugh. Um, and, and laughs can be, um, they can be a little annoying on some people. I'm going to go to Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Yeah, Zeus. What's up, Frank? Probably annoyed by that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was probably. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, Frank. I didn't know. Do you mean to make yourself conscious? But go ahead. Every time you try to buy a coffee and pour presents, get Zeus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that to you once in a while, while so yeah, I was oh, that guy. Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a woman that I work with, and I'm just going to say her name, Renee. <laughs> um. Her laugh is so unbelievable. Like, she's part hyena, and I'm going to do an impression of it, okay. all right? Yeah. So I'm warning you, Philadelphia, it's terrible. Uh, get, Steve, get, say something funny. Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, did you take a shower? Why is one missing? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Are you serious? I swear to God, it could be the littlest thing, and it's like, <laughs> like she's never had a sexual orgasm in her life, and just years, fifty-two years of pent-up frustration. <laughs> wow! And and so Frank, I, she'll, she'll let that out for it's the same laugh, whether it be a small laugh or a, a large laugh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. <laughs> we wore the same shirt today, and I'm not doing it again. Baby. No, please do it again. Do it, again. <laughs> it probably hurts. I all right. I appreciate it, Frank. Thank you. I feel bad for people who have horrible laughs because they really can't control it. No. It's not like 
That's that's a that is a natural yeah. That's, yeah. involuntary reaction. It should be natural. And yeah. I've heard people who have like really big loud laughs and it's like, whoa, you like actually lean back a little bit. Get scared. And I kind of feel bad for them because I think that after years of having that laugh, they know that it's really sure. bad. And but yeah. it's they really find it funny. And and it and you try to be you're obviously enjoying this. I'm happy for you, but I hate the way it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you have actually had and I've we both experienced the same thing. Our laughs have changed over the years. Yeah, my, I've lost part of my laugh. Yeah. I told oh. you Why in the past year. I, I don't know. And it sucks. Have yeah. you considered I, surgery? There are times I'll watch, <laughs> I'll watch a video of the Daily Rush and I'm like, I'm really laughing there, but that you can't hear it coming laugh. out. It sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and, and there's another thing that we've observed as far as laughs go, and I'll get, I'll get to these calls here in a second, is that there's a crazy laugh. It's the machine gun laugh. That or that we have uh, determined that people who laugh like that are Wait, a little what is, unhinged. Somebody do it. Can you... uh, I can't. I can't even do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait. All right. Go to five. All right. I'm sorry. That was me. Hi, uh, Paul. How you doing? Hey. Good morning. Uh, I just snorted when I laughed, <laughs> and apparently that's one of your things. Yeah, I have a coworker who like it. He, it's like you're hawking a loogie and you snort in like <laughs> and all day long and you're making mouth noises like Kathy would hate them. Is, is it all while laughing or is it no, uh, all day? It's just okay. working on the phone, typing. It's just it's just the two of us in the office. I can't not hear it. Oh, that's okay. terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can listen. There's that as well. People who are kind of uh, mucusy and everything, oh, which has been me for the past it's year. Like, you have been. You've been dealing with. I hear you. I hear yeah. you in the in the morning press and hearing oh having, having to deal yeah, with it. I'm trying to hack it up. Gross. I'm trying to hack it up before we get on <laughs> the radio. And I, I know, Kathy. I trust so, me. What, what you aware. hear is, is you hear and then and, and you hear. I know, and I, when it. I hits the trash can, I'm like, oh, my God. I have a little right now. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, God. Yeah. Kathy, one time I had to dig into the trash can for something. Oh, no. Yeah. No. And you hit his loop. See, because my, my thing, I can watch, I can watch people be opened up with a chainsaw, right. but snot, I know. snot for some reason just gets me. Like on America's Funniest Home Videos, a little snot bubble on a baby's face, I just want to throw it out the window. Yeah. Right. I want to go back to the, the noises that are bothering people, or, or sounds, human sounds bother people. I'm going to go to Zach here. Hey, Zach, good morning. Hey, guys. I am not so, sorry to bother you at work. Uh, good, good. All right, so what is it? We talked about uh, women who see each other after a long time is one of the worst sounds on the planet. What do you think? Uh, well, that's that's really rough. All right. Um, there is a member of my family, and I'm not going to name them because I'm not sure who is listening currently. <laughs> okay. But there is someone in my family... Around birthday and Christmas time, whenever this person receives gifts, they start the baby talk. <laughs> give us, give us an example, Zach. I, oh God, I, I'm sick right now, so I I couldn't even try. Who did they baby talk to? Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! It's like no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> should they go like, oh my God, this is great, like like that? All right, listen, so uh, like uh, yesterday, so we had the cows and goats in here. You, did you hear Steve? Yeah. You are such a goat. The animals are actual babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, oh. here's the rule. 
if there is a younger creature, be it human, be it animal, it's acceptable. When when you are surrounded by nothing but adults, are, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've seen somebody who's not been around a baby or a puppy or uh, that has spoken like that. So can can you give us an idea, Kathy, about what? It, what it's yeah. baby talk, but it's just not to a baby or an animal. I see it a lot in like high school kids doing it to each other. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. As a joke. I mean, so you'd say yeah, like I say, but... oh, 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 Kathy, you look so wonderful. Oh my God! Hey, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> what costume you have next? <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, I will, I will keep my ears open for that. Casey, you and I were talking off air uh, last week or the week before. About, I don't know if you ever grabbed the audio, but of Seth Rogen's distracting laugh. Oh, so. And it's, bre- it's like a breathe-in laugh. And everybody knows what his laugh sounds like, but I have found it to become much more distracting slash annoying. All right, so he, bre- he, he laughs out, <clears throat> but his br- breath in sounds like it is going past, like, like a lot of five, five gallons of bong resin. Like, yeah. it, it sounds really, really yeah. bad. And so we we did grab audio. Unfortunately, the audio is from like a promo for this for the show Chef. Okay, uh, that's on Netflix. And um, so there's music behind it. And yeah, so there's music behind Wait, it. You it don't, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to get Plash Crappy Flute, and then here it is. All right, here um, it is. Yeah, get <laughs> music <laughs> recipe, guys. <laughs> no one's gonna be able to cook this. <laughs> I'm, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it like he's choking. Yeah, <laughs> we had uh, to do that. Oh, guys. <laughs> After the Oscars one year, there was uh, the the Iranian woman. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh my yes. God! Um, <laughs> Shira Ashdagalu or something so like guess that. She is like, from what yeah. I understand, and she's she's um, right. I mean, yeah. a chronic chain smoker. I think what we did is we isolated every single inhale that she did. Yeah, play it. Uh, oh, I got I gotta find it. I'll take uh, wow. she, like yeah. I think it, it sounds like there are four cartons in each lung. I'm going to go to some other calls while you're looking for that. Uh, Eric's been on hold for a while, so let me go to him. Hey, Eric, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thanks, Eric. All right, so what human-made sound do you not stand? Okay. Because you guys mentioned this and because of a video I saw last night, I'm going to preface this by saying if you're under a certain age and you're going to, like, a pop show concert like Backstreet Boys or something, scream your head off. I don't care if male, female, whatever. Guns N' Roses recently, and they did a song they haven't done in like 20 years. Video up and trying to listen to a song. There is a woman screaming bloody murder at the top of her lungs, whole four and a half minute video. Look, certain shows, go scream, have a good time if you're around that age. Yeah. If you are over a certain age going to, like, what I would call, quote-unquote, a real show, <laughs> yell for a minute, cheer, I don't care. Yeah. But don't scream bloody murder through every shut song. Up. No, yeah, I, you're I right. There, there's shut certain appropriate up. songs, and, 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 you know, like, you can scream during Rosalita or something, but, you like, uh, Nick's favorite song, We've Got Tonight. Uh, <laughs> don't <laughs> I forgot. I was listening to uh, some... Live Super Tramp. I was streaming it, and and I, but I, I just had 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 them. Uh, I was just shuffling some music yeah, yeah. from Super Tramp, and I'm listening to the song. It's so great. And at the end, I hear the audience applaud. I'm like, oh, that was live. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, You know, it. It. I think it's different now too, as far as uh, so. Con- audiences used to sit and listen 
and then applaud at the end. Well, it's also the the, the the weird scream and applause at certain things. Like like Rachel Ray will announce her new recipe for a muffin. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they encourage that in the you know in, in yeah. the, the studio. There, they get you hyped up to make some noise, and and so you're but, in that but, mode, you know, I guess. Put it in the context. Uh, let me go to yeah. This one I'm I'm curious about. Let me go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> hey, good, good, good. Yeah, so then mine, the annoying sound that I have, I hate it when, when you're with somebody, right, But then and they're thinking, and they all of a sudden re- remember something that was important to them, but you don't know anything that's going on, right? And then all of a sudden, they just hear that whole shock sound. They're like, oh! Oh, and then you're, you're looking around the whole time, like, what, what, what? Something just happened? Oh, no, 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 I just remembered something. I'm like, oh, dude, you just scared the hell out of me. You know what I mean? Ryan, have you had any coffee yet today, Ryan? <laughs> have I had any coffee? I just finished my second cup. Oh, oh, there, there it is. There we go. There it is. Just finished, yeah. All right, so, sure. so when somebody just realizes something, they go, oh, like that. Uh, uh-huh. That that gets to you. Oh, it does it, yeah. Especially because I'll, I'll be driving, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's the worst when you're driving because then, then you're like you're feeling like something in action is happening. A deer is coming at you. Yeah. I'd like to hear Ryan outside the confessional, you know. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I touch myself in an unpure way. <laughs> <laughs> I slept with my neighbor's friend. No, no, I, I Thanks, appreciate Ryan. your zeal. I understand what he's talking about. People go, oh, when people have that. I remembered uh, something mm. reaction. I've never found that annoying. Yeah. Uh, Brian does. Um, yeah. But Ryan does. And, <laughs> and we're all definitely different. So that's all good. Uh, let's see if I can get. Uh, Case, did you find the. I, 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 no, I don't. That's okay. uh, I, uh, Marissa found the Seth Rogen laugh compilation that I think might be cleaner than what we had before. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's definitely a smoker laugh right there. That that I would definitely qualify that as a smoker's laugh. Yeah. One thing that sort of will drive me a little bit crazy is is when someone is talking and they uh, they don't take a sip of water or they. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, it happens here sometimes. It happens yeah, yeah, here yeah. with guests from time to time. They don't know. And I've seen you actually like move. Like, oh yeah. Slide a, yeah. Hey, would you like a sip? Yeah. <laughs> by, when, I, when I say would you like, I'm take a sip yeah, of water. It sounds like skeletons tap dancing. <laughs> Here's yeah. another thing. It's not a sound, but if somebody offers you a piece of gum, take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, Casey. I'm going to go to Rob next. Hey, Rob, good morning. I love you. I love you. <laughs> What's up, Rob? I love you. Hey, I just uh, was, that was the Seth Rogen thing. I, um. Uh, I drive a tour bus, and I won't mention the band, but I had two crew guys, and it just seems like anybody with pot uh, that smokes weed. I don't know if it's something in the weed or what, but that laugh, it's just contagious. It, it, they all do it. I don't know what it is. Give us an example. The stoner laugh. Oh, just the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys sitting next to me for an hour, just laughing. They would just make each other laugh, go back and forth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially the early days of of weed smoking is let's sit around and make each other laugh for the next hour or so. That's pretty much what it is. So yeah, uh, and and it's a stereotypical laugh. I know that Kathy and I can't stand it when Nick uh, eats rocks in the studio. <laughs> Or at least it sounds like he's eating rocks in the studio yeah. whenever he's chewing. What, what is the noisiest food, by your reckoning, Kathy, that, that Nick will... I, listen, I, 
You know I love you. It's it's anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it I mean it's soft foods, hard foods, bananas, soft you know pretzels. It doesn't matter. Soft it doesn't food, matter. Hard yeah. food. It's like yeah. really drinking. It sounds like press like the soundtrack of a racer head with smoothies, <laughs> dog food, ice cream. Uh, let me go to Dave. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. You guys do be the best. Oh, yeah. thank, you. thank you. What's up, Dave? I hate it's two things. I hate it when you're on the phone with a customer service agent or whatever, and they have to look something up. And rather than putting you on hold, you have to sit there and listen to them mumble to themselves, like, "Well, I'll, I'll press on this key, and, a, and that comes up, and then I'll do, this, and then they do that with their mouth." That drives me up the wall. Oh, so so they're 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 sort of killing time while they're looking on the thing. They're, they're killing time and mumbling to themselves while they're looking something up. But you got to listen to them narrate the whole damn thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't like that narrating because a lot of times, like it had happened the other night, my, my wife was, was doing something and she was, and I, are, are you speaking to me on this or, or are you just, and, and so, I, you know, I, 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 I hear you narrate when, when narrate when you're trying to find a, uh, a sound clip. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do Yeah, yeah. And then I hear Preston. See, uh-huh. the, the sound does not bother me at all. Preston and his wife both go, and I wonder who <laughs> who started it. I wonder Wait, if. What you, do you mean? What? How? Like if they're Doing looking sex. for something. I, no. No. Uh. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. Oh, choo, 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 choo. I just chewed all over your back. <laughs> Jesus. Hit the headboard. I got some chew on oh the headboard. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you're right. I do, t- 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 I yeah. do that when I'm uh, when I'm thinking. Four yeah. play. Uh, and, and I heard your wife do it when she was on the phone with me not, you know, a, f- a few years ago. And I was wondering, hmm. wow, like, do they both do that separately or did one? One of us probably started and the other one picked it up because I know that Rochelle will also do the mm-mm-mm, which is <laughs> I'm known for. You That's my that. thing. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> Uh, when something is yummy, and it's just, uh, I just do it. Mm-mm-mm. I do an exaggerator. I'm yeah. Like Bugs Bunny style? Bugs Bunny, yeah. yeah. Yes. Bugs Bunny, that's exactly where I got it from. Dave, what was the other thing you were going to mention? The other one, and my daughter is the queen of this, is when she's telling me a story, recounting what someone has said to her, and she'll say something like, oh, when he was running on the street and he hit every red light and then da-da-da-da-da. What the hell is the da da da? Oh, the da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, and that's just uh, not going to tell you the rest sentence of the story. Sentence filler. Yeah, yeah I know and what it's, you mean. It, it don't. In other words, if you have to put sentence filler into a story, don't tell me the story. Right. It doesn't warrant it. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go to Tyler. Hello there, Tyler. You guys rock. Thank Woo! you. What's up, Tyler? The most annoying sound in the world is when someone is like overly amazed and goes, wow, well, that's so cool. Okay. Like, when you're trying to watch a movie, all you hear from the background is, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in a setting like that. At movies. Shut up. Talking in movies. Talk, and honestly, people who narrate during movies or he's behind the door. He's behind the Shut I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I freak the F out. I've done it in theaters. You know the legend. I've. My my wife was terrified on our first date because we went to the movies and she thought I was going to kill someone. It's just, you know, you, you respect everyone else's movie viewing experience. We went to see one of the Spider- one of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. It might have been the first one, but there was this girl and I was with my son and there were, there were two seats over, same row, 
And this girl just kept going, what? And she kept saying that, like, when something would happen, yeah. it was like uh, like an almost oh my God moment or a weird thing. She'd go, what? What? And I was like, oh, shut up, that's what? I mean, I really want to say it. I was with my son. I wanted to finish watching the movie, but I was so livid. I want you to pay me $20 for my son's ticket and my ticket right now. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, we finally found the clip of, uh, her name is... Whatever her name is. Sh- Shore. Shura Agdashlu. Okay. Uh, and she was in what movie? Uh, I don't remember, but she's an Iranian actress, and she won some award. Okay. She was on 24 for a stretch. And, yes, uh, she was very good. And she uh, was on uh, the show The Expanse. She's a good actress. She is a good actress. She's got a weird breathing thing. Yeah. Here, here we go. <laughs> oh, this is isolated all, <laughs> yeah, 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 all yeah, her yeah. breath. <laughs> Sounds like Japanese porn if it you speak it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Speed it up. Alrighty, hang on. Do I need to turn it on here? Mm, Let me just do this. Mm, Let me pitch this up a little bit and hit the effects. No. (laughs) What? I was just doing what we were talking about Mm. before. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I do that. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. What Uh, am I supposed to do here? Come on, man. This is your job. It is, but like uh, for some reason, I feel like. Oh, here it is. Like a bad dream where I can't figure out exactly what I want to do. Um, this is so not going to be. Worth I know it. it's really not. So I'm just going to pitch it up a little bit, and uh, we'll commit and go ahead. All right, so let's try this. <laughs> wow, that sounds like Rubber Johnny. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Steve. That the video, Rubber Johnny. Let me find Rubber Johnny. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple other calls here. Uh, Let me because Roy's been on hold for like hold 15 on to minutes. That clip, Casey, because I'm looking for Rubber Johnny. Roy, you're on the air. Preston. Hey, what's up? Buddy? Good, man. I thought you were talking about the gift of life. The gift of life? <laughs> yeah. So Cassie- I said that the other day. <laughs> this Roy Perry. Yeah. Timeless, timeless, timeless. The, the conversation about conceiving a child turned into a conversation about spatter. Uh-huh. And Preston said, I hit the headboard once. And Kathy said, oh. I thought we were talking about the gift of life. <laughs> and it is the gift of life. Very good. That was great. It Thank is Roy right Perry. Yes. Yeah, it is Roy right hey, Perry. Uh, uh, Casey, do you have that clip again? Sorry. I do. Oh, Hang on, Roy. Hang on. Wait, we have- <laughs> Hit it, Steve. Oh, my God. Yep. yep. That sounds like it. So there's a conversation Roy. between the both of them. So, Roy, what is it? What human sound that drives you crazy? Well, I got a runner-up, which is the words long story short at the end of a long story. Yes. But the winner to me is the shout sneeze, which, you know, I, I could do one if you want, but I think everyone's heard it. Oh, yeah. That's me. I do that. And my reaction is, well, really? Really? You want to interrupt my life with your, <laughs> Right. Some people amp it up. Yeah, I, and it's I the just, same, it, to me, it's the same It's the same crime as laugh talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just do, I, I, yes, I amp it up. I just kind of let it all out. But I don't do it if I'm, I do it in my house. Yeah. I, I don't do it I was going to say, you your sneeze doesn't stand out to me I, as one that's extraordinarily It's loud. your farts that are. Right, <laughs> right. They're really uh, terrible. Really yeah. 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 Fart sneeze. Skirt lifts up like a Civil War camera. Flies <laughs> up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I would, it's I, like I, a Roman moment. I think I've said before that one day I'm just, uh, I will sneeze how I do at home just so you guys can see. But I want to hear that. Yeah, it drives my family well, 
thank you to Pat House for tweeting out uh, that got started. Uh, women ha- that haven't seen each other in a long time is the worst sound on the planet, according to uh, comedian <laughs> Pat House. So uh, thanks for the topic starter. We appreciate it. Be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.